Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of Game Time with Manny. As always, I am here with Matt. This week is a what I would refer to as a mixed bag. Some of the stuff is pretty pretty bad. Some one, of it, some of it is okay. One is bad, really yeah, bad. The, the rest is actually, I think, all the positive. The rest is fine, but like, well, actually, uh, another one. Well, is yeah, weird. whatever. It just, I don't know. It's a weird, I feel weird about this past week. I feel like I was living in a feverish dream state. Yeah. And now we're here in the podcast. Half of it's Nintendo. Like, just like, what is Nintendo doing right now? Um, they just put out Link's Awakening today. And then the Switch Lite. Untitled Goose Game also came out on the Switch and PC today. Also, they announced that uh, they're making a new Wii Fit game. <sighs> okay. It's so, called Nintendo Ring Fit. Yeah, TGS, they announced <laughs> Nintendo Ring Fit. It comes out mm-hmm. on October 18th. It comes with like a ring, mm-hmm. and it is an RPG, except that you do workouts. Yeah, like... You do, like, squats, and then it, like, measures your squats, and then just, like, you did X amount of damage to an enemy. Yeah. And then when you kill the enemy, you get experience. So, like, I realize that a lot of companies and things do stuff like that to reward you for the work you're putting in. Like, there's right. a lot of phone apps that are, like, it tracks how far you run to see if like, you can outrun the zombies or whatever. I can't remember what the app is called, but a lot of stuff does that. When you gamify things, sometimes right. it makes it better for people. Like, I'm trying to learn... Learn, air quotes, Japanese on Duolingo, and it, like, mm. really gamifies it in the app. And in that case, I think it actually really removes from the experience of learning because uh, just of the, some of the ways they decided to structure stuff. But there's always a way to cheat this stuff. Which, and like I mean, this, like, I mean... If you're going to cheat it, then you're, like, what's the point of getting it type of thing? Well, what if you just like to do a lot of damage to enemies, and you can sit there and shake the fucking ring, and then do a shitload of damage to I, an enemy? I mean, like, I know what you're saying, I, but, like, there are games out there that will that better will, fit uh, you. Yeah, I know, I'm just saying, you know that someone is going to be, like, out there doing this, or going right, to be right. speedrunning the Wii Fit Adventures, or oh, whatever God. the hell. I want to see that. Yeah. But then there has to be, like, the real run where you're actually doing the exercises. <laughs> Ooh, that's a that's going to take a long time. It's going to be a week, multiple week run. <laughs> there, people are going to get buff. Yeah, people are going to get very buff. <laughs> the Also, the, the exciting thing is that's, like, one day bef- one day after my birthday. So like, it's the day I go to Japan. Happy birthday so, to me. Uh, I'm oh. not going to buy this for my you, trip to Japan. You can do it on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone will love that. I'm <laughs> Jackass shaking around a ring like a just have fucking some, morons. Have somebody hold the screen for you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that that we'll see. Maybe I'll pick it up. So that's just one of many TGS related things. Yes. I don't know that we'll talk about TGS specifically because there ninety nine percent of it is stuff that neither one of us cares about. Yeah, I wrote down Tokyo Game Show at one point, and yeah. I was just like, I mean, there was the Yakuza. There, there was like a lot of stuff, but. It just is all random publisher right. news and things like I, that. I mean, I saw the Yakuza trailer, which, like, who cares? Like, that's not going to sell anyone. Oh, I don't know, man. You can do summons, like in Final Fantasy right. and go-kart racing. You can do summons in a Yakuza game. My point is that's not selling anybody. It's selling me harder than I was before. <laughs> you, you, you were already going to play it. Well, now I'm extra going to play it because <laughs> what? And then I saw a Castlevania... 
game, but it's going to be a mobile game. Yeah, they've done they've done that. So, all the new Castlevania games are weird. Yeah, so they've been like, doing that a lot recently. Like there was the one that came out on Xbox 360 that was exclusive to it, mm-hmm. and it was like multiplayer Castlevania. Mm-hmm. And I that was the first time I remember being like, "What's Konami doing?" Right. And now they do nothing, so they're porting it to mobile and making soccer games. That's right. They but, they have their soccer games, and then didn't that's they just it. lose the license for that? Oh, they, they're the World Cup license. They right? lost the World Cup yeah. license, but I think they're still making the soccer games. Mm. Oh yeah, so TGS news will be sprinkled in throughout. Actually, most of it probably is, but the next one is not. No. Um, I, I love you, Colonel Sanders. A finger licking good dating simulator <laughs> uh, is available for you to download it is is it out now i am pretty sure that it is out now because i remember seeing it i didn't really pay attention much more than that because like i hate to call it a dream daddy clone but like they are definitely just copying the dream daddy formula at least like the aesthetics of it i don't think they probably have the charm that that game had Uh, Uh, but that I mean, it definitely looks just like Dream Daddy, but okay, this no, time it it's... comes out in four days. That's what I thought. Um, I will buy it and play it. It might be free. I'm not positive. The bizarre thing is, like, it is published by KFC. Yeah, I mean, they can do that. I mean, yes, they can, <laughs> but why? Of all the video games, you make a dating sim. So hang on a second here. Let me. Let me read you the excerpt from the Steam page. Please. Welcome to the most delicious dating simulator ever created. Mm. Do you have what it takes to be the business partner and win the heart of most famous chicken salesman of all time? Play to find out. Go ahead. Colonel Sanders is waiting. Okay. I have a follow-up question. Yes. It says the most famous uh, chicken salesman. Uh Uh-huh. Who would be the second most famous chicken salesman? Uh, Captain Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Do you think that in this game there will be digs at Popeyes and Chick-fil-A? Mm. Hopefully. I really mm. hope so. Why not, I guess? So, for, for those who don't know, visual novels are video games that are essentially just text that right. have like character portraits in the background. There's no real action or movement. Originally, most of them were originated in Japan as, like, dating simulators, so you would make dialogue choices and try to date Mm -hmm. girls and whatever. Uh, Recently, I feel probably within the past couple years, there has been a large resurgence of visual novels. Like, the Ace Attorney games like Phoenix Wright, and those are visual novels, but those were kind of the only ones coming out in the time frame they came out. But more recently, like you said, Dream Daddy came out. It was published by uh, the Game Grumps, which is fucking crazy, Mm -hmm. the YouTube group. And that's about, like, you are a gay dad and you date other dads. Mm -hmm. And, like, it sounds like a weird parody thing, but it actually is, like, pretty genuine and heartfelt. And tons of people love that game. Right. Uh, Another one that came out recently was Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm. And I think that started the weird western visual novel craze where like everything is ironic and weird i feel like there was that hateful boyfriend hateful boyfriend that one is that one has been around for a long time that one came out like what probably five six years ago yeah and you date birds yes and it rules yes i like that one a lot but recently like 
games like this KFC thing have been coming out, and like right. they're not like genuine in any way. It's just like this is dumb as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy who made Rivals of Aether, the Smash Super Smash Brothers like game, on April Fool's Day he released Lovers of Aether, which he originally created and wanted it to be like a five minute thing, and then they mm-hmm. made it like a two and a half hour experience where you date the characters of Rivals of Aether. <laughs> Did he sell anything? Did he sell it? No, it was free. Oh, nice. (laughs) So you can play that. And like people got mad about that and I was like, this is this is the perfect April Fool's joke. Like what this is dumb. Uh but this one I don't know, man. Should we be worried that KFC is able to enter the Should we be worried that like now other companies are gonna be like now now I am date Ronald McDonald's? See, I don't think that McDonald's has the foresight or social media presence to make something like that. I think it would be Wendy's. Or Burger King, and you date the king. I would totally play <laughs> a, a one where you date Ronald or mm-hmm. the king, but I I feel like of all the w- things that I usually see on social media, it's mm-hmm. always like Arby's, but theirs is that paper craft. Like, right. they use the boxes and stuff to make cool shit. Or, like, that one time they made curly fries out of, or they made a dragon out of curly fries. Yeah. Like, the Mortal Kombat. So they actually, like, do interesting arts and crafts projects, whereas, like, Wendy's is generally, like, the most meme social media mm. account, and I think that they would be the most likely to create a rival product for KFCs. Are you regularly looking at the social media accounts of these uh, fast oh, yeah, food yes, establishments? Actually, yeah. Okay. People retweet whenever yeah, something happens, right, right. and especially recently where Popeyes has had their whole sandwich debacle, mm. and like Chick-fil-A and Arby's are uh, in there saying stuff. My favorite interaction mm-hmm. recently was, so the Popeyes account was talking about how they didn't have the chicken sandwiches or whatever, mm-hmm. and Arby's responded and said, we also have chicken sandwiches. And Wendy's responded to that and said, no one fucking cares. <laughs> and uh, that's, you, that's good. Do you think Wendy's and that guy got reprimanded? No. The Wendy's social media account, I feel like, is given free reign to do whatever the fuck it wants. Like, they stream okay. on Twitch and do all kinds of weird bullshit. Well, I was just wondering, like, more the language that they would get a little reprimanded about. Maybe. Or that was just a dope meme mm. response, okay. and it wasn't actually the Wendy's account. That'll happen a lot. Right, right. Where I'll then look at the at, and it will be, like, Wendos or something. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot with Nintendo accounts. Like, they add two N's in the middle, and you're like, Oh, you got me, son of a bitch. So, either way, that's a good exchange. Um, I I don't know. KFC, they made Colonel Sanders weird in anime. You can date him. Yeah. Maybe I'll play it for next podcast and let you know. Although I'm very behind on playing video games, so I don't know that a weird, ironic KFC visual novel is what I need to be playing with my time. Probably not. But it would be funny. Well, that remains to be seen, I guess. <laughs> if it would actually be funny. I think it could be. We could play it together. We could. <laughs> after Shenmue, it'd be a nice little uh, palate cleanser. Oh, uh, yeah. Whereas Shenmue is deathly serious at all times, and this visual novel is not really. I, I have doubts that it'll be serious. Yeah. Uh, just a couple PSAs. Uh, the Plague Tale, a game I'm going to be talking about. And I talked about last week as you well. You did, yeah. Uh, they have like a free trial. I think it's like the first chapter, maybe first couple chapters. 
Um, I'm enjoying I enjoyed it. I did finish it. Nice. And then also the Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which... Please shorten that title. Just get rid of the Tom Clancy or something. Like, it's so unnecessary. Did you know that Tom Clancy is dead? Yeah. Yeah. But they just keep using him for... They do. I mean, his brand is, like, weird spy novels. But I guess his son runs it now or something. Mm. It's not actually Tom Clancy anymore. Dude, I mean, they must pay that company. Oh, yeah. And, like, what's the point? Um, I think now because of all the games back in the day that were Tom Clancy games that were very recognizable, like Splinter Cell. Yeah, but and... you think of Splinter Cell, you don't think Tom Clancy Splinter uh, I Cell. I think Tom Clancy Splinter Cell. Oh, do you? Every time. Yeah, I always I, hear Splinter I Cell. I always see the fucking logo, mm-hmm. and it always has Tom Clancy right. above it all, or like... The only one I don't think Tom Clancy is Hawkin, because Tom Clancy's Hawkin mm-hmm. is a dumb name. Well, because then there's the Rainbow Six Siege, or Six Rainbow. So Six. that's what I. Back in the day, I think they needed the Tom Clancy name right. to like get the brand recognition, but now not necessarily anymore. Like people know what Splinter Cell is. I mean, Ghost Recon has changed drastically from what right. it was before, so it's right. bizarre that these are even called Ghost Recon now. And they do it with the division. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. I Which that's know. not even spy. No. Well, I mean, it's just like weird paramilitary bullshit. Right, right. So, Tom Clancy novels or something else. Mm-hmm. They have a long continuity. I'm sure they do. Uh, but there's... We went off on a tangent there. Uh, anyways, the Ghost Recon Breakpoint, there's an open beta starting September 26th, and that's on, I know, Xbox, PlayStation, and I think Epic Store? I do not think it's Steam. Well, it'll launch through Uplay anyways, right, so... so. There is PC, but I don't think it's Steam. Uh, now it's time to move into some Saturn news. I, I this is this one is crazy, and I just don't. So there is you, a prolific indie developer and publisher. And they port most indie games. Right. Nate Nicalis. which the the way they worked is like there's PlayStation and like Xbox and Nintendo, and then there are the these indie studios like. They wouldn't be able to talk to, like, the PlayStation and, like, Nintendo and Xbox. So they needed someone kind of in the middle to kind of facilitate to get their games on those platforms. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's where, like, Nicalis kind of came into play. Yeah, and so they also work, like, most of the things they port are PC games where the developers don't know how to port to consoles. So they will do that work. Uh, The two games that they are probably most famous for porting to consoles are Cave Story and The Binding of Isaac. Right. Um, Which they almost did enter the Gungeon as well. They did. Cave Story is weird, too, mm. because it was like a free Japanese indie game that the guy put out on PC, and like mm. now it's everywhere it's charged for. Mm. And it's bizarre. Um, yeah, so Kotaku wrote an article, because they had been getting a lot of reports from developers and people in the industry that Nicalis is actually like pretty shitty as mm-hmm. a company, and the, uh, the head of the whole show is uh, not great but no so enter the gungeon very popular uh roguelike game from mm-hmm. the past few years was published by devolver right. most people know who devolver is now from their weird satirical e3 shows and their bizarre bizarre output mm-hmm. um but by all accounts a very good publisher yeah yeah they do. uh enter the gungeon was being published on pc 
by Devolver, and then they needed to do the console ports. So they contacted Nicholas, sent them the source code for the game, and then tried to uh, follow up with them numerous times. And they had minimal correspondence, like about how to compile the code and stuff, and then they just disappeared. They stopped returning uh, the developers' calls and just didn't uh, respond to them at all. And essentially just ghosted them, even though they had sent over the source code and stuff like that. And then they mm-hmm. had to go with someone else to right. uh, port it to consoles. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I guess from what I read, like they didn't lose any money on the process, but they did lose like months. So like in those months, they... They could have had made like sales or so that that's it. That same thing happened to uh, the game bakers. They mm-hmm. made Fury, which was a PS4 exclusive for a while. That then eventually came to everything else. But it was when the Switch launched, they went to Nicholas because they knew that they had been pumping out a bunch of Switch ports, mm-hmm. and they were like, "We need to get in early before the Switch is flooded with a bunch of indie oh, games, right. and it's impossible to be recognized." And so they, the same thing happened to them where they were in talks with them and then it just kind of fell through and then they refused to meet with them and like whatever. So then they had to go with someone else. There seemed to be a couple instances where they actually did port people's games and then they would submit patches and then they wouldn't put out the patches uh, Ooh, I didn't see that, but yeah, that's, that's yeah. I can't. I can't remember this. But there were two games. One of them was a lot bigger, but uh, one of the games they said didn't sell enough for them to put out the patch. Even though the guy, like, there were complaints that they had re- the developer had mm. received, so he fixed a lot of that and put it in an easy mode, and they mm. would not upload it to the console mm. stores, and then. On top of that, a bunch of the people they had talked to corroborated that generally Nicholas will take on more projects than they have staff for, so they will prioritize things. Mm. So it's not necessarily that the game didn't sell well enough, it's just that when they have patches for more important things that will make them more money, they do that first. So like, they would put out the new Binding of Isaac expansion before they would work on anything else, probably, which is really shitty. Right. The good thing, though, is Edmund McMillan, the guy who made The Binding of Isaac, when Kotaku approached him about this and, like, cited all their sources mm-hmm. and stuff, he said he will no longer be yeah. working with them in the future um, because he is putting out a new game sometime soon, The Legend of Bumbo, and he said he will not be working with them for the ports of that, but he will still be working with them for the port of the last Binding of Isaac expansion because... So many people worked on it for so right. long. He can't just be like, "No, just kidding." Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. So that that it's bad. Mm-hmm. So that that alone is bad, right? <laughs> then there's the part where the president Tyrone Rodriguez is not a great human being. It seems no, on multiple no. levels. There is. <laughs> I mean, there were reports of from employees of like. Racist jokes, anti-Semitic jokes. Uh, I had to look it up because there was. They said, oh, I don't remember the. Oh, it was base ba- uh, disabled. I can't remember the exact term. They yeah, used. ableist. Ableist. So it's uh, like yeah, jokes about dis- like disabled people. I've never heard that term, ableist. Oh, yeah. So I was like, I do not know what this means. So I had to look um, it up. So like, they normally people would just say like, mm-hmm. oh, this was happening, but Kotaku received 
numerous, numerous yes. Skype transcripts of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's just freely using the N-word. Uh, like, one of them, he was referring to Obama by a weird racial epitaph. And, like, uh, it just so much stuff. Yeah, throwing right. around Jewish uh, slurs and things. Two questions that did not seem to be like warranting that at all like the not even a joking situation one of the examples that they they uploaded all the transcripts but the ones that were in the article one of them was an employee asking about uh if it was okay to show demo builds at pax for something and uh, if they could show the ps4 version and the nintendo version and it just he used a bunch of weird slurs and things in there that were like not necessary and you don't uh, understand he was being funny and edgy uh yeah (laughs) 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 sorry this is not a joking matter but like that his apology was just like uh because like all of this stuff and i i guess we should i just want to kind of briefly mention there was that one guy who talked about he was a bigger guy and he was in tokyo and he like he was walking so much that he was bleeding Mm -hmm. and he like was like i'm gonna stay in my hotel room and they came to his hotel room and tried to make him go out right and he wouldn't and they were like calling him all kinds of things and And then uh, said like we paid for you to yeah we paid for you to come here and he's like Mm -hmm. i still i'm not gonna go to this like tour of this building i don't want to i don't need to and then when they returned he was fired right uh and it seemed like there was a lot of stuff like that there was a lot of like really shitty stuff about how he would force employees to drink mm-hmm. or do all this really weird shit. And then if they would say no, they would be afraid of retaliation because he would like threaten them right. with a bunch of weird shit or just make work awkward. And it seems like that also was generally a thing in the work environment. Like he would ask people to do specific projects and then they would need Mm. questions answered and he wouldn't so they would lose weeks of progress right, or right. like all kinds of weird yeah they'd just be bullshit. working on something and then find out like two weeks later that like oh that was all pointless yeah it didn't matter at all um he would get upset with employees for taking time off if they mm. were sick to go to the doctor or if they had to deal with someone in their mm. family who was sick or like actual real true issues right right um and so this Kotaku wrote all of this up, and it's still one of their top featured articles, I think. So if yeah, this you was last week. Up, yeah. I mean, all you have to type in is Nicolas, which is N I C A L I S. Yeah, and it comes right up. But yeah, uh, yeah. he did, after seeing the article, he put out a, an apology on Twitter that was not so much an apology; it was more like. Yeah, I'm shitty, mm-hmm. and hopefully someday you can forgive me. I didn't know that I was offending people. Was basically yeah. He basically tone. said, "I know that I was, I was just trying to be edgy and mm-hmm. funny, and I know that that doesn't excuse it." And right. it's like, yeah, but why are you doing that in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like, especially, it's one of those things where you have to know your audience, right? Yeah, like. Right, right. Obviously, if these people are then sharing your transcripts with a fucking news website, Mm -hmm. like, it probably wasn't okay. Right. But also, there's there's no scenario where you should be, like, borderline forcing your employees to get drunk. Mm hmm. And 
I, I don't know. And and the other issue is like from what I read, like this it's a smaller company and they don't have like an HR department. Yeah, so it, you would have to self-report, right? Then you'd be reporting to him, right? About him, which like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's gonna go over too well, right. weirdly enough. So, which this is just one of those cases where like some places like this take advantage of new people coming into the industry. They don't really know how the industry really works. This is their first experience. They're just doing whatever they can because, you know, this is a job in video games and they love video games. And, like, people people like this Tyrone are able to take advantage of these people. And that's where it's just really shitty. So one of the things that... Um the a lot of the employees that were interviewed in the article said was that a lot of people stay there for longer than they should because mm-hmm. they it's their like you said it's their first job in the right. industry and they get to work on games like the binding of isaac and cave mm-hmm. story which like most people know what those are right and so they get to work on a lot of cooler bigger projects which could springboard into something else so they put up with it for realistically longer than they should so that they can get that experience yeah. or just be like, try to tell themselves like, oh, but I get to work on something cool. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Right. But it's not. No. So, bummer. It'd be nice if one of these weeks we don't have a story like this. It would be, but I don't think that's going to happen <laughs> because uh, especially recently, it's yeah, been people well, have been outing mean. all kinds of crazy shit. So, sadly, I think we're going to see it for a while yeah. to go, which is not great. No. So then we'll get into the, a lot of this stuff happened around TGS right. uh, type news. Yokai Watch 4, a game that I will be buying for the Switch when I go to Japan, is uh, was announced for the PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. uh, which it shouldn't be because most of... So Yokai Watch is a game that had been rivaling Pokemon in Japan for a while because Yokai are Japanese spirits and you collect them and battle them. And the anime was huge for a few years, and the games were selling crazy in Japan, and it never quite hit big over here like Pokemon did. But, um, I lost my train of thought. They have, like every level 5 franchise, they lost so much steam because they put out so many games Mm. and so much merch in such a short period of time that... It just like kind of blew up in their face, and especially with Yokai Watch Four, it ran into the symptoms that a lot of games run into, where when you're putting the a sequel on a new console, it's not as easy to just add everything back in. The first three Yokai Watch games were all for the 3DS, so it was easy mm-hmm. to just like compound the material. Yokai Watch Four, they did not have nearly the full list of Yokai because there's like 700 or some crazy shit. And so they don't have that many, but they're updating it steadily over time. It also seems like the performance on Switch is particularly bad. So the uh, performance on PS4 obviously would be better if they port it correctly. But recently I have felt that Level 5 has really been struggling with a lot of their stuff. Like the franchise that I used to stream every week, Inazuma 11, for all intents and purposes, just anime soccer... The new anime season of that has been airing for a few years. They're already on the second part of that series. The game was supposed to come out simultaneously with the first part of the series, and it didn't because it ran into all kinds of development trouble. They couldn't figure out a way to transition it off of the 3DS onto new consoles. 
but they did announce that as a Switch and PS4 game mm-hmm. when they first announced it. So it seems like they are trying to branch out and expand their audience, which is mainly like Nintendo people, which, just so I they can mean, get more like, sales and worldwide sales. Getting part some of the PS4 market—that's a huge. Market. It is so that that is a huge market, but. The Switch is where they're going to get 99% of their sales, I would bet, especially in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, They're just, like, struggling with their identity because all of these new games that they've been putting out have not been hitting in the same way. So Level 5's main approach to games is a cross-media strategy, so they mm. will try to release, like, an anime, toys, and a video game. And so they create all of their series based on that, with the exception of Nino Kuni. And so Nino Kuni 1 was made with the help of Studio Ghibli, the most famous anime studio in Japan. It makes incredible, incredible movies. And so the first Nino Kuni has a lot of charm. And I've spoken at length about how much I dislike Nino Kuni 2 on this podcast, but mm-hmm. it sold pretty well. Uh but I don't think it sold like huge, huge. Mm-hmm. The actually the original Nino Kuni just got the remasters. I was gonna say, just wasn't that re release? Yeah, it just came out. On, just came out on Tuesday, I think. Mm. Uh, either Tuesday or today, I can't remember. Games come out on Fridays now too, all the time. And it's just weird. Level five, like it's one of they're one of my favorite developers. Usually their games are chock full of content, and like I just feel like they're struggling so bad right now. Like Inazuma Eleven Ares has been in development for like four years now and it was supposed to be out two years ago and like they started this whole development blog with the intent to like update people on it Mm -hmm. and like it never gets updated and they never talk about it and like it just feels rough right especially when each game is supposed to release with the new anime season and they're already two seasons behind like it just yeah and they put them out annually and run them all into the ground because people are just at a certain point like i'm done with that now right and i've been kind of worried about that with pokemon because like pokemon will go forever well i'm just thinking like they they at least used to have breaks they haven't had a break now in four straight years yeah but they're separate teams like it's not the same team. I, I'm just saying, like like Pokemon fatigue with the fan base. Oh, I mean, I think Let's Go is such a different thing that it doesn't really. I, I you're mean, probably I, I don't right, know. but I mean, but, I'm just. I mean, people were definitely very upset about Let's Go. Yeah, I mean, I think it actually turned around at the mm-hmm. end there. I think people would like another Let's Go mm-hmm. next year, but we'll see if that pans out. Um. So, yeah, I don't know. And, like, Yokai Watch 1 just got re-released on Switch, so then they'll probably do the same thing with Yokai Watch 2 and Yokai Watch 3, and it's, mm-hmm. like, those games already sold, like, over a million copies on the 3DS, and they will have no new additional content. Like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Especially for you to remove the second screen functionality from it to bring it to a new platform. Like, is that even worth the development cost to up-res the assets and do all that stuff? Or are you just being like, please, God, someone buy one of these products and this doesn't cost us as much as if we were making a new game? It's level five's in a tough spot, I think, Mm -hmm. and I think they're really trying to figure themselves out because Yokai Watch did not blow up in the West, which is where a lot of sales come from. Like, Japan will only get you so far, even if it's huge there. So, I don't know. And, like... So the other thing I think is weird about Yokai Watch 4 coming to PS4 is I don't think it'll come out in the U.S. on PS4 mm. because Level 5 doesn't localize the Yokai Watch games in the U.S. Nintendo does. Oh. So they paid Nintendo to localize Yokai Watch here. 
And Nino Cooney was whoever developed it, right? That was Namco Bandai. Uh, did the localization for the U.S. So like maybe they can talk to Nando Bandai or Bando, Bandai Namco again. I but mean, then like, like it, it won't be the same translation. So there will be two English translations unless they like Nintendo licenses it to Sony. I I don't know, dude. But th- that that's why I think it won't come out on PS4 here. Okay. Uh, also, that I think it would sell zero copies on PS4 here. But like, does PlayStation not do any localization? I don't believe so. No. Well, they must do some internal. Well, internal, but like for their own games. I don't. Right. I don't. I like it. See, I just honestly don't think that Nintendo would right. translate oh, no. Yokai Watch Four, and then Sony would also translate Yokai Watch Four. Right. That seems like an insane waste of resources on everyone's part. But so yeah, I I mean I guess Nintendo hasn't officially said they're the ones localizing Yokai Watch right. Four here, but I would guess they are because the other ones were like that. Mm-hmm. So weird. All right, are you ready? Oh no, no. Okay, I watched uh, two presentations from Tokyo Game Show about a video game called Death Stranding. Have you ever heard of it before? No. Okay, well... Can you explain it? Yeah, get ready. I can explain it. (laughs) So there were two streams. Two streams. Uh, The first day was about gameplay. Now, before we begin, Uh I want to describe what I'm looking at here. Manny has a legitimate journal. It is a notebook. And he has two full pages of notes... So, get ready, because he has just... Yeah, normally I don't take notes no, this on is, anything. I It surprised me, because he whipped out a, a journal or you know a notebook, and it said video games on it. And I was like, what is this about? Did he take notes on a game he was playing? But no, just no. on Death Stranding. So, so I'm going <laughs> to now let you talk for the next 50 minutes about I Death will Stranding. have to... Uh, explain this a little bit so there were two streams the first one was of gameplay the second one was of him in this his safe room which which is where you are before like his meeting the the gameplay one was like 48 minutes the other one was like 30 some minutes which it was what thursday and then saturday something like that yeah so i i'm gonna spoil something here yeah I didn't watch any of it. Okay, well, get ready. Because so. I, I watched it out of order, right. so I'm going to have to skip over some of my notes because things that were introduced in the gameplay segment seemed new in the safe house one, so they weren't actually... There was a story trailer as well. I forgot about that. Okay, so the story trailer, we know the plot now. Mm-hmm. The president, who looks like she has cancer in a lot of the things, like she's like bald and wearing a bandana, so it looks like maybe she was going through chemo or something, she dies right at some point even though she's in a lot of the cinematics in the previous trailers i try not to think about that very much i bet you she dies within the first 15 minutes i also bet that but she was in a lot of these cinematics so i'm like mm, i don't know the I game mean, like, also you could have 15 minutes of cinematics and... i guess so she dies and the the thing she had built is this organization called bridges and an event, which I believe is called the Death Stranding, occurred in their world, which, like, otherworldly bullshit came into it and contaminated a lot of the world. That's why there's the people on the other side and all that weird shit. And she dies, but her her dream was to reunite the United States, right? Reunite them, like, connect them back together. It's a strand game. Uh, she dies, and then Bridges tries to recruit sam the main character uh norman reedus Mm -hmm. with the help of the president's daughter his name is amelie 
And she went on a pilgrimage to the other end of the United States to some city that I can't remember the name of and also didn't write down because I didn't care enough. And she is being held captive in that city by the terrorist group where their leader is voiced by Troy Baker, okay? And they let her do whatever she wants in the city. Is that that's the guy that pulls off the mask? Yeah, the mask to reveal another mask. Mask man. Yeah. (laughs) And so they're holding her captive in this. This is the part that doesn't make any sense to me, other than everything else in the game. Mm -hmm. She's being held captive in the city, and they let her do whatever she wants, Mm -hmm. except leave the city. So she is like in a hologram representation in the Oval Office with Die Hard Man, okay? Who's this dude with a black skull mask talking about how we have to reunite the United States? It's all insane. And she, like, tells Sam, like, oh, you have to help us do this. And he's like, no. And he's all gruff and doesn't want to do it because he can't help anyone and all this other shit. And then they're like, well, we're not holding you captive here. And he's like, exactly. And then he like leaves basically. But then we know that the whole game is him helping anyways. So what the fuck is that scene? And then they say they're not holding him captive. Dude is literally wearing handcuffs. He like has a handcuff on one of his arms that like reports back to bridges or whatever. So maybe they do force him and that's in another cutscene. And then he goes, "I, I don't know. Anyways, we know why he is traveling across the countryside. It's to reunite everyone with the strands and so a lot of these notes are going to come from a place of genuine confusion okay because all of the voiceover is in japanese from kojima and who i believe is a youtube personality lady who i did know what she was saying because she kept saying sugoi and kuai so she was saying cool and cute all the time to Mm -hmm. everything and i none of it was cool or cute i don't think but she was yelling it a lot don't know why she was there. Um, and then so in each day they used a different build. The build for him and his room was all in Japanese, even his voice. The one in the first day for the gameplay, some people would talk in English and some people would talk in Japanese, but it was all Japanese text sometimes. And then sometimes there would be English text. Mm-hmm. It was fucking crazy. So it was like the first day was a half and a half build. And then the other day was just all Japanese. I, I don't know, man. I don't know why you would use two different builds of the game to show those two different things. How would you uh, feel if you like saw Norman Reedus and it is definitely his likeness, but then it wasn't his voice? So that's the Jap- watching it in Japanese, Japanese is like, fucking so yeah, weird. Like, yeah. like you hear Mads Mikkelsen talking yeah. and you're like, oh no, the Uncanny <laughs> Valley is breaking my brain. Right, right. And so there is a part where Norman Reedus sings, but for sure it was not him singing and it was a Japanese guy because they were only doing sounds. They are going like, do, 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 do. And it was like, whoa, that's not his voice. But he had just spoken in English right before that. Who knows what that'll be like. Okay. What if the, the English version is like that and it just has Japanese sprinkled in? I hope so. That's what I want. <laughs> so the goal of the entire game is to connect everywhere in the world back up to the chiral network. So you go to these weird nodes where there are holographic people and you deliver them packages. You plug in your USB stick necklace and they are reconnected to the chiral node, which just means that they report back to the lead node city. And then it zooms out and shows you a stupid map and it's like, oh, this is how far the network goes. And it tells you how much network reach you have and all this other weird bullshit. Did you get an idea Mm -hmm. of like how, how often you're going to be doing this? All the time. The entire game. It's going to be a lot. I think it's the only thing you do. 
Except for occasionally we, a weird Norman, Norman Reedus voyeur simulator, which I'll get to later. Okay. So yeah, you go out on an expedition and you set up for the expedition. As right. you have seen, Norman Reedus has a backpack mm-hmm. that he has. You can like stack it with a bunch of weird bullshit. So like you can stack all the packages on right. it, but then also like supplies you'll need. So they use... He has, like, boots dangling off it because sometimes his boots will get dirty and he, like, has to change boots for some reason. Or just, like, health packs, all kinds of weird hazmat suits and a bunch of other weird bullshit. And from what I hear, like, you're going to have to use, like, R2 and, like, L2 to, like, balance that stuff. Yeah, so what's crazy about it is, like, the physics on the backpack matter. So Mm -hmm. it's, when you're loading it, it is on Norman Reedus's back. And when you drop more on it, you can see it shift down and he, like, changes posture. So you're going to want to carry a lot of stuff, but it's easy to get knocked off and you don't, like, want to necessarily carry it. But then you can find, like, these weird hover skateboards that you can put it on and, like, pull behind Mm -hmm. you. So there's other ways you can fix it, but balance matters. Mm -hmm. And he will, like, have a harder time fighting and lose more stamina when he has more shit on his back. Yeah, dude. Stamina, um, that is one thing. That's one video game mechanic I am not a fan of. So one thing I really liked was he opened up the map, and you can place custom waypoints like you can in other maps, but you can place them directionally. Oh, so okay. like you're planning like a GPS route. So like you'll go up, and then from there you can move it to another one, and it will have you be like, I'll oh, go to this waypoint, then this right, one. Right. It's not like other games where it's like, oh, the shortest path is straight through this unpassable mountain it's kind of like going on google maps and then like planning yeah like planning plot a trip. by plot yeah so mm-hmm. that that's cool yeah, i like is. that i think that that is a smart um a smart thing oh boy was this from the first one or from the second one okay Kojima is a big fan of sunglasses. He may have a fetish. I learned this from this. Mm -hmm. He talks about sunglasses a lot in this presentation. He makes sure that you put the sunglasses on Norman Reedus before he goes outside. And you can customize the sunglasses. This is a big sticking point. Do you think there's something about the sun and how it's like the radiation God, I hope not. (sighs) Probably, though. Uh, <laughs> it's, it'll be like the exact opposite of Metal Metal Gear Five, where like everyone has to be completely covered up. <laughs> so yeah, when you get hit, you can lose things from the backpack. They'll right, fall right. off, and then like they get contaminated on the ground. So you have to like spray this repair spray on them to fix it if they get damaged too much or something. Which it's literally just like an aerosol can. You spray it, and then it's like it's better now. That's weird. Uh, when you run out of stamina, he, or you run too far, he literally has to catch his breath. So, like, he'll stop, like, GTA 5 style and, like, be out of breath, but for, like, way too long. Mm. But, Matt, I have good news for you. If you were tired and you needed to regain your energy outside of sleep, what would you do? Eat? Okay. Would you maybe pound an energy drink? Sure. Do you think that this video game has branded energy drinks in it? I mean, I guess so. It does. Monster Energy. Norman Reedus busts out a Monster Energy drink and consumes it to regain his stamina. Mm-hmm. And then there's text that says consumed Monster Energy drink and it's a real monster can. Is that the second game that has energy drinks in it? Um, I think Rock Band 2 or 3 had a Red Bull 
uh, cans in it. Okay, because I because PUBG definitely did. Yeah, but this Norman Reedus actual Monster Energy drink. He pounds that, gets some energy. You can bring him with you on your backpack. Is it just the standard energy drink? The standard flavor? I believe so, <laughs> as far as I could tell. Um, so. As we all suspected, it is mostly a wide-open, empty wasteland. Yeah. And you have to get from place to place. One of the, If you have to scale like a cliff face, you can place like an anchor and scale down the cliff. That seems pretty cool and somewhat intuitive. But what's really weird is he also can place those ladders right. and stuff. And I think a main function of the game is like it's sort of like Dark Souls. And so, like, you'll see the ladders that other people have placed, and it'll say their username, and people can like it, and you use likes as a currency to, like, level up and buy things. So it was like, oh, GW Jimmy Bob Thornton, he put this ladder here, you can like it, and you can give it likes. And then that uh, that Jimmy Bob Thornton gets, like, currency? Yeah, so So he gets likes, but then, uh, yeah... Is this going to get abused where people oh, yeah, are just like sure. placing them all right at the beginning just so yeah. they can... Okay. And so there are... You can like the ladders. You can like the ropes. It seems like you can also like put markers on places. So like they go to a hot spring and he puts a... Oh, there's a hot spring marker here. And there was another one. There was like this weird tower so i didn't understand how some of it worked because it's in japanese but it looks like a lot of the stuff that you carry with you has battery charge and so there were towers that people had placed that recharge batteries but also play licensed music and now how's that gonna be licensed for the game i dude because like it's not gonna show every ladder in the world that's no been placed. that would be crazy Maybe you it joins a specific server at the beginning, and then like that's or, or maybe it does like your friends. It pulls you from your friends oh, list. Maybe that that is possible. I mean, that would be a better way. It would be, but yeah. So you can like re- find rechargeable battery stations playing mm-hmm. licensed music, and then you can like those as well. And you use the likes to level up and buy currents there, buy things and stuff. And that that's weird. Um. And so it showed him go to a guy to deliver his package. He did that. He plugged in his USB stick. It added him to the network. That seems like what you do. The person gives you a bunch of likes. Mm-hmm. That's that's weird. Um, when you just you can just sit down and rest, okay, and um, you can massage your own shoulders. That's weird. Uh, you can play the harmonica mm-hmm. or sleep. And so Norman Reedus will literally just sleep, like, in real time. And so then you just, like, wake him up, and it'll be like, oh, he r- slept for a minute. And I, that, like, heals you and gets your stamina up. So you don't... Okay. Uh, sure. You, you, you can change your boots while you're on the ground, because sometimes they get muddy or dirty for some reason. Do they wear out? or do it, you... They might wear out. That was pretty unclear. Uh, you sometimes a baby will get upset, and you can oh, soothe yeah, you, you can I, soothe the baby. I forgot all about the baby. Yeah, so you're carrying yeah, okay. a baby during all this, yeah, and you can right, like right. you coddle the baby with like you swaddle it with uh, the motion controls. But you, he the baby's also a big fan of your harmonica playing, and he like is pretty hype about that. And you can also uh, play the licensed music for the baby, and he's into that as well. He's a big fan. Um, 
You can find, so I mentioned this repair spray right. earlier, you can find random containers in the environment that have stuff in them. you got to use the repair spray on those usually as well. Uh, the weird hover skateboard thing I mentioned as well. You can find those in the environment, put your stuff on there, mm. and then you're... I saw you can ride that as well. You can ride that as well. Um, there are enemy camps that have rare materials. They're filled with the weird terrorist organization that Troy Baker runs. You uh, can get into combat there. Which is hand-to-hand combat. You do have guns, real guns, later in the game. But this one, they show a bola gun. So he just shoots a bola out. So it's like, then it, um, the wire goes around him. I get wrapped up with mm-hmm. the balls, and then they. I saw move. something about like he threw what looked like a lunchbox at somebody. That also, you can throw things. Um, I don't know what that was, but it looked like like an old school lunchbox. I don't know, and yeah, it's just like Metal Gear Solid. You can stealth around and incapacitate people to steal their stuff and get stuff. Um, he can also get, like, weird mech exoskeletons, so he picks up these weird legs, and they're called, like, speed legs, and then he could run a hilariously fast speed and really kick people with them pretty good. And so they seem to insinuate that there's a bunch of those types of things around that you can find, and that gives you... You don't really use your stamina as much, and mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Uh, the BB, which is what your baby is called, allows right. you to see the BTs, which are the enemy dudes. So sometimes they're just in the environment. That's like the first couple trailers they show. show they showed just like the feet print. Yeah, those are the BTs. Yeah, so there are like monsters, but then there are also people that are basically just floating on weird umbilical cords. But if they find you, then the monsters are alerted. But you can like see them and you can stealth. I guess there's ways to tell Norman Reedus to stop breathing, and he will like can get by them. I guess. Uh, But if they find you, they pull you onto the other side, and then you have an insane huge boss fight with this Dark Souls-ass-looking lion monster. And uh, it took way too long, was my takeaway from it. And this was the main part where I totally lost the thread of anything that was happening because of the sometimes English, sometimes Japanese. He was throwing grenades at this thing that had a very large health bar. And there kept being prompts that came up, like, where it would say before that he used items, saying, like, oh, your blood is low, after he threw a grenade. And then it would say, like, starting transfusion, grenades ready to use. So I am under the impression here that Norman Reedus is using his own blood to fill grenades to fight these enemies, and then using a blood transfusion that he brought with him to refill the grenades. So that's cool. Eventually, after way too long, he killed the giant thing and then uh, got naked in a hot spring. Right? So he's getting naked in a hot spring. It's really soothing him. The baby is there. He floats and he's like wicked psyched. He's clapping and a bunch of dumb shit. And then he got out of that and found a motorcycle, Mm -hmm. which was branded with Ride, an AMC show known Mm -hmm. as Ride with Norman Reedus. It's in its third season. Uh... Norman Reedus is apparently a large motorcycle enthusiast. Kojima wanted to include ads for this product in his game because he likes Norman Reedus so much. Okay. Part two. Oh, oh, that was part one. Yeah, this is where it gets wild, man. Oh, I... I okay. All right. So, did you have any questions about that? <laughs> I have questions, but I'll wait till the end. Okay. So the second part is in the, the safe house, where you are before and after all missions, okay? You don't walk around the safe house. 
it is you are the camera and Norman Reedus is sitting on his bed. And you can, like, point him towards things in the room. Okay? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, it's interesting. So you can zoom the camera in freely wherever you want. Mm -hmm. If you zoom in on his crotch too much, he will get up and punch the camera. They did that. They looked at, tried to look at his dick. He was not pleased with that. He can emote. And when I say emote, I mean, like, for real video game emotes. He will, like make his face all crazy, like shake and point and do whatever. And you can freely take pictures of him in this mode. And you can also make him get up. You like point to the mirror and he'll go to the mirror and he'll like make faces and weird shit in the mirror and you can take pictures of it. And it, that's bizarre. Right. Uh, right. There is a shower in the room that also has a toilet in it. Um, Known as a bathroom. No, but I mean, like, no, it's I, no, in no. the. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. It, like, comes out in the. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He gets mad and kicks it when it comes out. But uh, an ad for AMC Ride with Norman Reedus is on the outside of the shower. Oh, okay. You know, because that's the best place to advertise is outside of a shower. Um, he, he. So the baby is, like, hanging on the wall and it's weird, like, charging portal thing. And he goes over to the baby and he, like, knocks on the glass. And at first the baby's like, oh, whatever. And then he keeps knocking and he has this crazy hallucination where the baby smashes out of the glass and, like, tries to kill him. And that really freaked me out and I was not a big fan of that scene. Mm. Uh, so I don't know why he's having those hallucinations. He'll have weird visions. You can customize his backpack. So you can, like, go and customize the loadout. You can change its color, add a bunch of weird shit to the backpack. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, there's a table near his bed that has a jar of bugs on it. He can, like, open it and eat the bugs, and they float really weird. There's also cans of licensed Japanese beer that he can chug, and, uh, at one point he shook up the beer, opened it, and sprayed it all over the camera. Hmm. That was weird. Uh, he also has sunglasses, multiple kinds of sunglasses, and a hat, which you can also customize, and you can make him look really stupid. Okay. But Kojima really likes the sunglasses, so that makes sense. Uh, you can customize his clothes as well. There's a magical wall computer that he's got in there that will allow him to take missions, read emails, which he can sometimes collect likes from. There's a data archive where you can read all about the world of Death Stranding. Sadly, it was in Japanese, so... Obviously cannot read, but I'm sure I'll read all of that to try to understand the insanity of it. There's a music player, so you can play the licensed music and collect it, and you can view it on missions as well and stuff like that. So can you kind of, like, pick whatever music you want to listen to during the mission? Yeah, and also in the uh, in the room. Right. You can just pump it out of the speaker. You can change the color of his room, so, like, he made the walls, like, blue and red. It was really weird. All right. You can collect figurines. And put him on the shelf behind his bed. He had a bunch of weird BT figurines. I don't know what that was about. They, I wrote, I actually wrote my exact note is no shit. They took a break from the presentation to focus the camera on a setup of Monster Energy drink that they had on live on the stage. No, wait a minute. <laughs> was this all in real time? Yeah, like, they were just uh -huh. moving around in real time. Like this, okay. So this wasn't like a presentation, like they like were legitimately. It was live. It was. They he, were someone playing was playing it. it yeah. Okay. So cool. they took a break to show live Monster Energy and drink. Good. Good. Yeah, that was pretty sick. So then they go out into the world a little bit. 
just to show you like what it's like right around outside your base. You like come up this elevator and then it looks like you're in the middle of nowhere. Um, the pee meter, you can hold a thousand milliliters of pee inside you. I don't have any context for how much pee that is. It's a lot. Okay. Um, and so he pees like half of that. He pees like 500 milliliters, which is a lot. And then a mushroom does grow. Okay. And I don't know about you, but when I'm peeing, I can't just like stop halfway through and then continue my daily life. No, no. <laughs> People don't do that. Norman Reedus does it in this game. He can also hold a lot of pee. And then like when you rest, it like recharges the pee meter. What does that mean? It like it goes resets? back up to a thousand. Oh, no, wait, like it like, slowly, okay. slowly starts to charge up again. I don't know if in the actual game you'll have to drink to make it go back up, but it was just kind of like filling back up really weird okay um yeah so i don't know in fantasy star online you could make your own special like emojis out of shapes and things mm -hmm. so like you'd make a start with a smiley face and like make it show the middle finger or whatever is what i used to do um so you can do that exact same thing in this so it, it seems like maybe you can interact with other real humans at some point and so you can do that. Well, I thought there was something about summons. You can maybe summon people into your world. I don't... I don't know. There was something about summons, but you can't see their face. Yeah, I don't... It's very weird. Um, let's see. And then he gets naked again in a hot spring. Okay. Except this time the camera pans over and Mama is there also naked in the hot spring and then they like sing a duet and the baby gets excited who's mama she is one of the female characters who has a baby but it's on the other side so she can't leave a certain radius oh so is there any way for you know what no yeah don't ask okay <laughs> now here's my question that i wanted to ask uh -huh. i want you to estimate how long you think this game is going to take to beat? Too long. You think it's going to be... I think it's going to be like 30 hours. Okay. Which is too long for this. I Because even though I've seen all the gameplay and I know mostly what it is now, mm. it doesn't... I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, like it's like that base that you were describing. There's a lot of stuff in there, but like... How much time are you going to want to spend in there, realistically? Uh, I'm not, but maybe some people want to get punched in the face by Norman Reedus, and, like, that's their thing. I mean, you're going to do that maybe once, and then just, like, never do it again? Well, we'll see. I, unless, like, the game forces you to do it on no, a regular basis? I don't basis. think so. Hopefully. I mean, it forces you to go back in that room after right. every mission, I think, so. Mm, fun, fun. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's Death Stranding. It is. Rockstar is a PC launcher now. That's my transition. <laughs> they, uh, they're they putting out all the GTA games and stuff on a PC launcher. San Andreas is free right now. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that's the best GTA game. So You also people, skipped people uh, News. It. Did I? The Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh, yeah. Uh, to have turn-based RPG mode. It is, yeah. So the Final Fantasy VII Remake people were very, what I would refer to as butthurt, mm -hmm. that it was like more of an action RPG type thing. 
uh, they said, don't worry, there's a classic mode where you don't have to worry about positioning and the action part of the combat. I will not use that as much as I like turn-based RPGs because that's not what they intended for with right. the thing. They probably just did that to placate upset people. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't really care either way. But the most exciting news of the entire two-week period right. is that Farfetch'd the Pokemon has an evolution called Surfetch'd which is just a fucking cooler-looking Farfetch'd with a Leak Staff and a Dope Shield. I have to buy Sword version now. Is he a Sword He's exclusive? an exclusive to Sword. That's stupid, Matt. So that means Shield must be getting something. It must be. So maybe there, I'll have to compare and contrast. And at first I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. He doesn't only have a sword, he also has a shield. Right. So who knows? There will be a shield-exclusive evolution as well. Uh, The way you evolve him, apparently, is uh, he has to fight a lot of battles. Mm. So hopefully that's not too bad to do. Well, is that just getting experience? No, it seems like he has to, like, take part in the battle or, like, kill so many. Okay, that's weird. Yeah, that is weird. Um, he's fighting type, whereas Farfetch'd right. is normal type. Do you think he's fighting normal or just fighting? Mm, I think it says just fighting, mm. but I don't know for sure. Normal fighting would be okay, I guess. Well, then you're weak to, to fighting. You are weak to fighting. Oh, uh, Beware was normal fighting, I think. Yes. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. So That's hopefully, why I asked. Hopefully he's just fighting. Right, because it just adds another weakness that... So yeah, they did this whole weird tease thing for it where like yeah. they added him to the Pokemon website as like a weird glitched sprite and I didn't understand what was happening. Right. But someone because it appeared sideways. Mm. And so someone flipped it. I saw a tweet about this before it was announced. Someone mm. flipped it and was like I think that because there was a leak apparently that listed this Pokemon, they said, I think this is Farfetch's evolution. And then he drew what he thought it looked like, and it looked exactly like what it was. Mm. He solved the problem. He, he did it. So that was very exciting. Yeah. Because I was like, wow, if it doesn't look like this now, I'm going to be super upset. And then it did look like that. So mm-hmm. I'm so excited for Sword and Shield. Yeah, yeah. If shit like this is what's happening, and before... Last time they put out a demo that leaked all the Pokemon. I don't think they're going to put out a demo this time. And they're not just, like, dumping all the information at once. Like, oh, here's, like, 900 Pokemon. They're doing right. it, like, one at a time. And when they when I see the one Pokemon, I'm usually like, oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait. My, my com- concern is that, and this is less of a concern, and I just kind of know what it's going to be. Yeah. It is going to be another game where you can't skip the cutscenes. And it is going to be a very anime story that I am not into. I don't know that that's true. I think it will be. I mean, it's all about you just fight. Uh, I mean, that is what the plot is. Oh, you have to go through. I mean, that's just basically like esports, the Pokemon story. I, I, I don't know. I, I have a feeling it's going to be very anime. Well, I don't know. Because Sun and Moon was, and then it was just full of all these like unskippable cutscenes. And I, for me, it really dragged the whole game down. No, I don't know. I mean, I think the story of Sun and Moon was wicked good, too, so, like... Right. But, I mean, the end was where it was anime. Mm. The first, like, 70 to 80% was not. 
I mean, like, people meeting somewhere isn't really anime. No, no, no. <laughs> it definitely got anime. <laughs> yeah. It, it was just like, what the hell is going on now? Oh, I knew what was happening the whole time. <laughs> they just went to another dimension. I don't know. That happens in, that happens in everything. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a new Pokemon. Yeah. Um, kind of weird that they dedicated this whole thing to just Farfetch'd. I mean, they got people's attention. People were mm-hmm. excited. Yeah. And then it took them way too long to announce what it actually was, like over like almost a week. Yeah, because there was a tweet with that gif, and it didn't make any sense. Yeah. No. So people were talking about it and wanted to know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony... It's trying their hand at another Nintendo Direct. Again, the state of play. Hopefully it is uh, better than the last one. Mm-hmm. It is going to be about 20 minutes, they said. Taking place on September 24th. But then Naughty Dog tweeted that uh, it's going to have The Last of Us 2 in it. Oh, okay. But I'm pretty sure they're going to re- announce the release date. So. And that will be... My prediction is going to be March or April. Or they said we've waited too long to say something about this, so like we might as well do it here or something. Mm. So I think they're going to announce a release date. I hope they don't just show more gameplay because like I don't need that or yeah. want that, especially in a twenty-minute presentation. So yeah. What else do you think? Do you think we'll see some Ghost of Tsushima? I hope so. Someone I saw somewhere recently like a quote from Shuhei Yoshida that he had seen it and was like blown away blown by away. how graphically good it was mm-hmm. so i think that means it's probably just gonna be a ps5 game <laughs> I, I mean that's fine <laughs> I that mean, i mean that could be a really good launch title for them it could be i'm just i don't know why you would announce it as early as they did then i mean what they showed was just a very very structured demo thing right. yeah but it, i don't know i feel like they can't announce it for ps4 and then Unless it's both. Yeah, I don't know. So. Well, I mean, that, that happens all the time. It does happen all the time. I'm just saying, like, I don't know that they... I, I, I think it would be a lot worse for, like, The Last of Us, but I don't think Ghost of Tsushima is on that level, so... I, I think mean, they could I get think away. I think any Sucker Punch game is. I think they could get away with it just being like, oh, now this is a cross-platform game. No, if it was cross... Yeah, if it's cross-platform. I'm saying if it was only PS5, they would not be able to get away with that. I mean, that would... Yeah, that'd be different. Yeah. And our final news story, well, final, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. is that the Switch 9.0 firmware now, they finally, Nintendo's finally arrived in the 21st century with everyone else, and you can send invites to your friends on your friends list to play video games with you. So, like, if I see someone on my friends list and I want them to play Smash, I can invite them to play Smash. How, how are you doing it before? It wasn't. You were playing, like, Winukio. Oh, yeah, you can set up, in Smash specifically, you can set up a lobby that only your friends can see. So you can't invite them to the lobby. They can. You no, can just be like, oh, yeah. hey, I, I created a lobby. I can. I text them and say, hey, I created this lobby. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, sick, let me get in there. Uh, now I can invite them to it. I, it doesn't work with every game. It works with some, which the only ones I know of offhand are Splatoon smash and mario tennis probably mario kart and mario party no mario party (laughs) i know matt it's no online functionality in that one (laughs) to the dismay of everyone do you think if there was we could convince nukio to play online i don't even think i could convince you to play online no but he would have to buy it 
Mm, I'd have to buy it too. Yeah, but you would buy I it. I would buy yeah, it. Yeah, see, Nukia would not buy it. I also, I don't know that I would want to play. <laughs> no, that would require Nintendo to actually update or care about well, Mario Party in any way. Yeah. And they don't. They did the bare minimum. They with did that the game. absolute bare minimum <laughs> with that game. <laughs> Holy shit. Which is so crazy because yeah, every yeah. other game they're like, here's all this post-launch support. Right, oh, right. Oh. Fucking nothing no. for Mario Party on the Switch. Not even a little bit. Don't get it. So the last, this is the true last news story. Right. Which is just, you know, Borderlands 3 has had a troubled uh, existence yeah, yeah. since it was announced. Not necessarily the game's fault. It was more... The publisher 2K sucking, and Randy Pitchford, the CEO of the company, sucking, and just doing all kinds of dumb things, many lawsuits, Mm. perhaps threatening YouTubers, uh, you know, just the usual really great stuff. Making claims and getting mad at news outlets for, (laughs) for, like, doing their jobs. (laughs) Oh, I forgot about that one, man. (laughs) Can't believe Game Informer would fuck me like this. I can't believe... Uh, we'll get into it, but like they had an issue by with sending review like to these outlets to, but then they sent it to Game Informer, which is really surprising if you think about it. So, <sighs> Borderlands Three, I would call this a review shitstorm. Mm-hmm. Normally, developers send out review code for both consoles and PC to right. almost every major gaming outlet with the exception of like Bethesda recently I don't even think they do that they usually just send PS4 yeah because like that's the one like in this generation it's been PS4 because like that's usually the lead platform right where like the last one it was they sent out Xbox 360 yeah so like that's the one they care about the sales more so they what they do is send a PC Probably a Switch and then a PS4. Uh, sorry to kind of. No, you're train. fine. Um, so yeah, they didn't do that right. with Borderlands Three, except for very specific outlets. Right. And what I mean by that is usually the biggest outlets. So like IGN, Game Informer, Gamespot, and like polygon and one other one i think actually got review codes but only for pc right that is a very important differentiator in this which we'll get to later Mm -hmm. when outlets inquired as to why they were not going to be getting the review code the pr at 2k responded and said that there were security concerns I don't know what that means. Right. Unless they thought that they were going to somehow give away the one-time use code that they were going to use to review it. Which is their jobs. Yeah. So, like, I don't understand that part of it. Mm-hmm. But specifically, so Giant Bomb, a website that I love, mm-hmm. they when they inquired, they were told that they were not getting a copy specifically because... Of the dubious E3 coverage of Borderlands 3. Now, I watched their Borderlands coverage right. for E3. It consisted of Dan Riker and Abby Russell uh, coming back at the end of the day before their live show with a bunch of guests and Jeff Gersman asking them, what did you guys feel about Borderlands 3? And their answer was essentially nothing. Like, I didn't really care that much because... 
It just felt the same. Nothing was really new about it. Nothing, no, like, actual bad statements. No, like, dunking on it necessarily. Uh, but that's the reason they're not going to get coverage for this. The only reason I can think of is because Giant Bomb was one of the outlets that went hardest at Randy Pitchford being such a shithead all the time. Right. And they did, especially on both of their podcasts, mm-hmm. they covered all of those issues right. a, a lot. And that's not to say that none of the other ones did either. Uh, it, I mean, it's hard to watch them all, which makes you wonder, like, were 2K watching all these other outlets and kind of seeing what they were saying and... I, I don't know, but that's bizarre, especially mm-hmm. because normally a PR person would never say that. Right. You'd never say no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> also, like, I could kind of understand not sending it to Giant Bomb, and it's nothing against them, but it's not like they do reviews anymore. They don't. This year they reviewed the two masterpieces, Crackdown 3 and Anthem. Right. Which is both Jeff. And they were both two stars. Right. Right? So, like, I can kind of understand it in that sense. But at the same time, like, if the whole... Typically, outlets will do this kind of stuff if they're worried about their review score on Metacritic. Yes, and so I actually think that that is the reason. Is but that then, they like, this... send it to Giant Bomb. Who cares? Well, you wouldn't send it to Giant Bomb if you cared about it on Metacritic. They don't review games. Yes, but if they did, that's the whole reason that I think that this is happening. Mm-hmm. Is because they use a five-star scale. Right. Instead of a ten-point scale. Right. So, at most, it would get you know for sure that it would get a four out of five at Giant Bomb. Which is 75%, or seven, whatever... 80 80 right yeah that's not good eh. for if you want it to be higher than that that's at most i think that they would have given it a three i think they would have given it a three so that's not good for your average no 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 but then it doesn't make sense why give it to polygon then right because they don't even review score things anymore well that's what i mean that's why i said giant bomb because like I, do you really think they're gonna take the time to review that game i i just don't think they would bother I mean, I it's one of the definitely one of the highest, probably one of the mm-hmm. highest selling releases of the year already. I, I like a I, weekend. I get it, but I mean, their coverage is more just talking about the the, the podcasts. It is and doing but the quick look. To be fair, last year they hardly reviewed anything until like Tetris Effect and Spider Man, right? Which were well, Spider Man at least was one of the highest most anticipated releases of the year so mm-hmm. i i think that they could have done a review of Borderlands. I, I guess for me i i'm a little surprised that they didn't do like control just because how much jeff liked it oh but i don't know that all of them have beaten control but i mean like... just jeff would have to but that's not the way they do reviews that's now true. they have to all like at least two or three people have to have beaten it so they can have a conversation mm-hmm. about it with their weird podcast oh, format that, thing that's now. the way they do it now yeah yeah well they do do the written reviews sometimes well, they only do they do the written review alongside that one mm, now, okay. so it's their way shorter. Oh, that yeah, because I guess Ben did one. That was for Tetris Effect. That was t- okay. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Now, it I was. So yeah, I, I just you know, I understand that they're worried about the Metacritic, but like everything I've heard about this game, it just sounded like it was going to be an eight out of 
it ate on Metacritic anyway. Well, so then this is the other part of it, is even when outlets asked for console review right. things, they were flat out told, no, mm-hmm. we will not send out console review codes. You cannot see the console version. And it's like, well, what? Right. Of course this is going to be broken as fuck. And, mm. like, it's not as broken as I thought it was going to be right. on console, but it's, like, not great. I had the I had a similar... Uh, instance with the marvel ultimate alliance where those like review the the those good reviews could be posted i think like nine o'clock the day before mm-hmm. which is not like an uncommon time no but i was like typically when a studio is very confident about their game yeah the embargo will be way before or, right where this was just like I just remember I kept going to Metacritic because I wanted to see what the score was, like the average was going to be, and I just kept, I didn't see it, I didn't see it, and then finally, like, 9 o'clock, I saw that it was just getting very middling reviews, and it's like, well, okay. But, like, also, it, it's not a good look when multiple no. days into your release, the Metacritic score of your game isn't available for console. No, no, it, yeah. Like, it just, even, like, days after, it was still mm-hmm. like, oh, there's zero console reviews, like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. The one that most humans are going to play. This is awesome. Right. Fucking stupid. And so with that, we will transition into what we've been playing, Mm -hmm. which I've been playing Borderlands 3. Right. I would rate it a 7 out of 10 if I had to give it a rating right now. Which, in, in... Now this is where it gets confusing. Is a 7 out of 10 like an average or is that like above average to you? Would you... I think it's fine. Like a six, like would a six out of ten be average? Yeah, so it's like I, slightly above that. Like I'm enjoying yeah, it, but yeah. I think it should be a way better game than it is. In some ways, it's inexcusable that it's not a better game. So, for example, the console version does not run well at all. Mm-hmm. I am playing it on a PS4 Pro in performance mode. which means that it should prioritize frame rate over the way it looks. And it sure prioritizes that above the way it looks because do you remember in the PS3 era how bad texture pop-in was on Unreal Engine games? I saw it with control. Okay, well, Borderlands has that in this mode, Mm -hmm. except that sometimes the textures don't load in ever. Okay. So, like, you'll go into an area... And you'll see, hey, these buildings should be textured. You can watch it over the course of, like, 30 seconds. Okay. Pop in. And it's like, oh, no. Okay, it never got that bad with Control? Like, it's pretty fucking Mm. insane. Okay. And so sometimes I'll just be, like, going over the course of a mission and, like, things won't load in. Specifically where it drives me insane is there are slot machines in some areas and I can't see the icons because the textures on the icons don't load in, so I can't tell what the fuck they are. Mm. And that's bad. Yeah, that's And, like, it's not a game-breaking experience, right? Like, I can still shoot a guy without the textures being on buildings and guns and stuff. It's whatever. It just looks ugly. And I realize I'm prioritizing the frame rate above that. That would be great if it ran well. So, like, in most other games that have performance or uh, visual mode, I don't remember what the hell the other mode is called, the visual mode will up-res it to be a higher resolution, mm-hmm. and it will just look better, but maybe run at, like, a solid block 30, right? Right. This looks like garbage most of the time with texture pop-in, but it does not run at 60, 
which is what I would expect out of a performance mode. And to be fair, there's a lot of dumbass particle effects coming off my guns and my grenades, and there's like four or five people on the screen at once, but I don't think it looks that good. I saw you playing a little bit, and I thought, like, oh, this looks this looks better than Borderlands 2. But, like, it doesn't that, really. That's a low bar, I, I will admit. But, like, it doesn't really look that much better. That's what's driving me insane. I keep seeing people being like, oh, it looks so great visually. And it's like, you know, dog, no, it doesn't. I I didn't say it looked good. Uh, great, I said it like, looks Like, it better looks, than... to me, almost exactly the same as the HD texture pack upgrade mm. that they just put out for Borderlands 2. Right. Like, it doesn't look that much better than Borderlands 2. And it came out 12 years ago. So what the fuck is happening to the performance? Borderlands 2 didn't come out 12 years ago. That was Borderlands 1. Uh, Borderlands 1 came out 12 years ago. Yeah, okay. 10 years ago. Okay. Sorry. That's better. A Thank decade. You. Yeah, Thank I'm you. sorry. My bad. We are a fact-based <laughs> podcast. This <laughs> has oh, been like a decade. You're, you're it right, doesn't right. look that much better, okay? And, like, I don't want to just sit here and shit on the p- performance, but, like, one of the main reasons people play Borderlands 3, or Borderlands in general, is to play co-op with people. Mm-hmm. When your fucking co-op experience is so busted on the console that it's, like, might as well be a train wreck, what are you doing? Mm. So, one of the major bugs in both split-screen and online is that if someone opens their menu, which you have to go into a lot, right? it just, like, hitches so bad and slows down the game for every person. Mm. So if multiple people open their menu, no, no, no. Now, is it slow in the menu as well? Uh Uh-huh. Even when you're not playing co-op. No, what if you're playing four-player co-op? I'm sure it's terrible. And everyone opens up their menu. Yeah, it's not good, and there needs to be some hot fixes for that stuff. Uh, I guess the performance if you're playing split-screen is like fucking might as well not even work. But, I mean, I guess I kind of expect that. It's rendering the same thing twice for two different people. Um, I had some bugs. There is a new mode where, before in Borderlands 1 and 2, the loot would drop for everyone. And it was whoever got there first could get it. Borderlands 3, they fixed that, so you can do that if you want. But there is also a mode where everybody gets their own instanced loot. And so... In co-op, when the other person opens gun chests, they should not open for you. Mm -hmm. There was a point where I was playing with my friend Scott, and the game hitched really bad. And then after it came back, he would all of the chests would open when he opened them, and they would not have guns in them for me. Like, it just wouldn't spawn anything in the chest. Awesome. I also had another bug where it lost all audio except for the sounds of people grunting. So, like, when they're being shot, no gun sounds, no reloading, no music, no voice, just, ugh, ugh, ugh. And it was like, okay. And I shut it down and it came back, mm. and I, that Fix might be it. a thing that could happen to anyone. Right. But, like, it just, it shouldn't perform as poorly as it does. And it's, I, this is the first time I felt like I think the new versions of console, the new console generation should be out now. Because, like, Control had such a rough time on consoles. This should not be having a rough time on consoles, but it really is. 
I, I can't even... I'm playing on a PS4 Pro. I cannot even imagine what it's like on a regular base PS4. Like, it's probably borderline at least for me it would probably be borderline unplayable yeah for me i'm sure i could get through it and like be like oh that's it, it's happening because like man you have like a low tolerance for that where i have a pretty high tolerance. but like also this isn't like a game where it's full action all the time right. you're shooting people it's you have to be moving quickly mm-hmm. there's tons of particles all over the screen all the time it just I, I don't know. Like, I, if it's not performing well, like, it's not mm, good. Right. So, that sucks. The game itself, I feel fine about. Right. Borderlands 2 did not play particularly well as a shooter. Like, the guns felt kind of limp. The AI was bad. The gun handling wasn't great. Borderlands 3, the gun handling feels way better. Like, as a game playing it as a shooter it feels worlds ahead Mm -hmm. like the gameplay aspect of you shooting the guns feels better that is the case see but borderlands 2 that was like like i guess borderlands 1 was like revolutionary at the time at the time it was and then borderlands 2 was the evolution of that formula where they fixed a lot of the quality of life issues that people had Mm -hmm. that was two years later right but this is th- that that is what I'm saying? Like the rest of the game, other than the shooting, mm-hmm. should be so much better than it is a right. decade later. Right. Where like now it, it has competition with Destiny, maybe not Anthem, but like the Division. But, but so like that's what I think is crazy about this is it is like they actively tried not to learn any lessons from the things that spawned from Borderlands, right? right? So, like, Borderlands came out, and there was not really any loot-type games at that time. Especially first-person shooters. That's where I'm saying, like... Yeah, this. and then Borderlands 2 just doubled down on that and right. did more, made it bigger, made it better. But then it was gone for a decade. Destiny came out. A sequel to Destiny with numerous expansions came out. The Division came out. A sequel to The Division came out. Mm-hmm. Anthem came out. Diablo 3 was completely reinvented. Like, there were other loot shooters in there as well. And they all learned things from right. Borderlands and from each other. And I'm not out here trying to say that Destiny is the same thing as Borderlands. But, right. like, they're both first-person shooters that have gun loot. Destiny is more trying to be like an MMO type thing that's a game as a service. Same thing with Anthem and The Division. Mm -hmm. And Borderlands is trying to be a more single player experience. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't take the things that those games learned and just do nothing with it. Yeah, because like I heard like you get a lot of loot. You get and it, the inventory management is fucking oh, well, abysmal. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Like, or like ninety percent of the guns you get, you don't even want. Exactly, and so a lot of these other games have implemented things like loot as junk. Right. So then they either automatically get sold or they go into a different compartment that's not your main guns. In mm. Borderlands, you start with a ridiculously constrained inventory. You can hold like fifteen things, and that counts for guns. Your class mods, artifacts, and shields. Yikes. So then you have to buy upgrades, and even once you buy the upgrades to that, it still is not enough space. And it sucks because you need money now. Before, you would buy those slot upgrades with Iridium, which is like the special currency. Now you only buy cosmetics with Iridium, and you spend the real money on the upgrades. Right. 
probably because they realized that real money was meaningless in Borderlands one or one and two after a certain point. Yeah, because like you could buy guns. You can basically buy guns that are terrible or buy ammo. And also, when you respawn, you like it costs money. Yeah, right. but it's like based on how much money you have, so eventually mm-hmm. you would cost nothing. Right, it's right. weird. That's the same in this, but now you have to use your money to buy these upgrades. But okay. I don't want to pick up these trash guns, mm-hmm. and then ha- you have to go to a place to sell them, and you can mark them as junk in your inventory, so it's easy to sell them at once, but. It still is such a slow, painful process in the menu where you mm-hmm. already can't hold enough things. Like, that sucks. The only real quality of life things I feel that they added after a decade are you no longer have to individually pick up ammo and health packs. Like, if you can pick up the ammo, it will fly to you. And if you can mm-hmm. pick up the health, it will fly to you. And money as well. You don't have to individually look at the ground and hit square and, like, pixel hunt to find this bullshit. That's fine. Right. I, I expect that from all games at this point. But I've heard you have to do that with the guns, where, like, the... You do have to individually pick up each gun. Because, like, it just, like, shoots out all these guns. So, like, some people, from what I've heard, they're, like, maneuvering themselves in the camera in just a way so they only pick up the one gun they actually want. But then they're picking up all these other guns and, like... Because it gives so much loot and you don't even want to deal with all the inventory management, so... Yeah, and that's just... It's, it's annoying. Yeah, yeah. And... Most of the guns you get are bad, just like before. Which is kind of like, when they were advertising a million guns, I was like, I don't care. Because how many guns are actually Well, that's the same thing. Borderlands 1 was like, oh, it's a bajillion guns. Borderlands 2 is a bajillion guns. But then you get like six guns that you actually give a shit about. Exactly. And in this one, they've sort of like doubled down on the guns being specific to a manufacturer like in two they did that a little more where each manufacturer has a very specific type of gun and you can only get a few variations on that Mm -hmm. this one it feels like they doubled down on that even more so like there's even less variation in those types of guns and I, i i don't know like it just doesn't feel random enough which is what their whole pitch is is like oh it's so random and it's like no it's like sort of random but Mm. not really and that's fine to a certain extent like i think the game is okay to play it's just there are so many things about it that drive me insane like the having to pick up each gun individually not having enough inventory space the menus fucking chugging like shit and not being responsive enough when you're looking through your weapons how is a menu slow well, it individually loads the model of each gun in a square, mm. so you can't even see all of them in a list, and then you have to scroll through each one, hit the button to do the thing. It just isn't as good as it could be. And that's something they could fix, right? right? But one of the other things that drives me insane is now they made all the zones in the game fucking huge. They were pretty big before. Yeah, but now they're bigger in a lot of cases, mm. and they have one fast travel point in them, if that. Oh, I do remember that. You'd have to, like, drive, like, so far to a specific spot. So in Borderlands 2, you could only fast travel from those spots. Right. This, you can fast travel from anywhere on the map, but only to the two spots that are on, like, opposite ends of the map. Or you can fast travel to your car if you, like, left it somewhere as a fast travel point. I I don't know. So that's better Mm -hmm. still not great like they should add more fast travel spots and they probably won't do that the way the game is designed um so that drives me nuts a lot Mm -hmm. but the part where you shoot 
I think is great. I think it, it's a lot better than it was. It's fun enough. I've gotten interesting, unique guns eventually. Like, the legendaries always end up being cooler anyways because they have the unique abilities that do weird shit. And that's cool. The thing that I don't like at all is any time any character speaks ever. And I realize humor is subjective. Uh, I just, like... I have not felt that something is this aggressively not funny in a very long time. And Borderlands 2, I also didn't think was very funny, mm -hmm. but I thought there were moments in the story where it's like, oh, like, this has heart. Like, some of the stuff they're trying to go for something, they're trying to make impactful moments. It's not just, like, someone went on knowyourmeme.com or Reddit and, like, pulled a bunch of memes. That is fucking what Borderlands 3 feels like. Mm -hmm. And it's not even, like, just, like, every quest is about a meme or some dumb thing that will become immediately outdated in, like, six weeks. It is also that they try to shove it down your throat constantly. Like, there is no concept of comedic timing. There's no concept of any type of pause. So let me hit you with this. Hmm. In the beginning of the game, there is, you're following Claptrap, the very beginning, which is an excruciatingly long amount of time, and you can't skip it, all right? Mm. Claptrap goes ahead of you, and we'll just keep saying, like, follow me, Vault Hunter. Follow me, Vault Hunter. Follow me. And just keep saying it until eventually he's like, I'm going to keep saying this over and over until you come up here. And I was just like, holy shit. So you go do that. I was like, wow, that was kind of annoying. Immediately after, one of the first quests you have to do is to pick up a character who's being held upside down. I didn't know where he was, right? Mm -hmm. Even though because I'm an idiot and I should have just been following the quest marker. He is talking to you over the loudspeaker, and he's like, Can you get me? Hey, what's up? I'm hanging upside down. I'm going to keep talking every 15 seconds until you complete the quest objective. And it's like, that is one of my biggest pet peeves in anything, is when you do something in your game design that you know is annoying, mm -hmm. and then make a joke about it as if somehow that makes it not fucking annoying, and it's okay then. Self-aware. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was really thought it was funny and didn't almost immediately turn off Borderlands. Uh, but then just, like, they're... There, every every single side quest is almost like someone went on knowyourmeme.com and was like, what was a funny meme in the past, like, couple of years? And it's just like, look, I like memes as much as the next guy, but I don't need every fucking quest in your game to be about a meme, and I don't need you to, like, constantly reiterate how fucking funny it is after you made the joke. The other issue with doing <laughs> memes, they die quickly. Yes, I know. Very quickly. I know. So that outdates you very quickly. I, so that is a... So it just like... I, I don't know. And like that was one of the major complaints a lot of people had about Borderlands 2 as well. Was like it was a game written by Reddit. Mm -hmm. And just... But this one just feels like it's aggressively upsetting me at every moment. And they removed a lot of the personality that a lot of the characters had gotten over the past few games and replaced them with, like, shitty garbage stereotypes. The characters that had gotten a ton of development in Tales from the Borderlands, they threw it all out the window and made mm. them suck. Like, Reese lost all of his character development and is just, like, a shitty stereotype about a guy who has a mustache. Oh. What? It's a nice mustache, though. 
I don't even think it is. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they they make some joke about the Telltale games. And they're like, oh, Reese will remember this mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's just like, where did the character go? He was that game had such good writing. It, well. And like Vaughn as well mm-hmm. was he was the character who was yelling when he was upside down about the fifteen seconds thing. His they changed him into just like exclusively a dude bro. And like I just I don't Interesting. I don't know. Why would you why they didn't ask Troy Baker to be Reese again? I just I just uh, Who's the market for like the humor? Everyone, apparently. So that's why, like, I feel like a crazy outlier is people all the time are like, "Yo, did you? Borderlands is so funny." Who is saying this? Because regular like, people, every outlet I have listened to, and maybe it's just exclusive to Giant Bomb, kind of funny, Game Informer, <laughs> IGN. Like, I've listened to like watch the reviews and read, and like, no one said it was funny. So the news outlets, yeah, but I I, I'm just know. saying, like. I know when a game is going to be successful and everyone is going to like it when I try to go buy a physical copy in our town Mm -hmm. and it's sold out everywhere and I have to go to Walmart where they have like three copies left, right? right? And so every single person I know on my friends list is playing Borderlands. Almost everyone is talking about Borderlands, even people who don't normally play video games. People do think it's funny. God, that's... I mean, I laugh at a lot of things. Like, I, I, I appreciate stupid humor. So do I. But like, but at, like a, at a certain point, like it is just right. Let me think it's funny. Right. You don't tell me that this is the funniest joke I've ever heard, or don't just like keep slamming me with the same fucking joke right, right. over and over again. Like, let me. I'll find it funny on my own time. You don't have to do this, or at least like pretend like you thought about timing. Mm-hmm. Because most comedy-based stuff is timing or inflection. It doesn't have that it, at all. And I maybe maybe I'm wrong. And the second uh, half of the game, because I probably am about halfway through, will be the most hilarious thing ever to exist. But, like, as, as a loot shooter, it is fine. As a video game with a plot, it is bad. And as a video game that performs well it also is bad like it is not so bad that i don't want to play it like it's an acceptable level of jank and issues but it shouldn't be that way especially after the amount of time where they took to make it like it almost feels like because it took them so long to make it they didn't want to make another one but they someone eventually was like no you guys have to make this and then they just plopped down the template made another one and went on their way because like it didn't evolve. Mm-hmm. It's the same four-class system. It is the same. You have three skill trees. And uh, granted, they're all unique, and I think the characters are kind of cool. But they just took almost everything that was in Borderlands 2 almost verbatim, except for the part where you shoot the guns, and just plopped it down into this thing. And they have said that they're going to do a bunch of free updates and add stuff over time. Like, there's a Halloween update coming out mm-hmm. early October that actually seems pretty cool and adds a boss. But... That will not fix the core of what this game is. And they will up the level cap over time. I will probably play the DLC, but the season pass is $50. Yeah, that's, well, that's a pretty expensive season pass. It is, and people are, everybody is saying, like, oh, well, it's because they're going to add a lot of content. 
they added fucking an insane amount of content to Borderlands 2, and it was $30. And then, granted, they started adding stuff later that wasn't part of the season pass, but it was like, yo, you can pay $5 for this Christmas map mm. and stuff like that. So maybe now they're going to add that stuff for free? I, I don't know, but I... I will have to see when it comes out, like if it's worth it for me to pay fifty bucks, right. for, depending on what the first thing is. You know what I mean? Right. Or if they they have to have a roadmap to say when the other ones are coming out, because they only did a roadmap to the end of this year, mm-hmm. and the first one comes out in December, I think. Yeah, that's so, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> so Borderlands Three is fine. If you mm-hmm. like Borderlands Two, you're gonna like this game. Uh, but if you for some reason just replayed Borderlands 2 maybe you won't like it as much because it's like the same game except with less content in it and runs worse yeah (laughs) (laughs) but looks slightly better it looks slightly better slightly I'll give it that it looks slightly better and some of the enemies have physics Mm, now whereas they didn't the AI's better too they actually Mm. like dodger shots and try to dive out of the way of grenades instead of into grenades oh that's unfortunate. Yeah. So. All right. Are you ready to talk about Shenmue 2, Manny? I need to get a drink. Give me one second. Okay. <laughs> well, Manny's getting a drink, so I guess I will... I don't even know what to say about Shenmue 2. There's just so much to unpack. It is... We're almost done. With the second part of three parts. Well, that's where, like, I am so confused. Because normal video games, they have you play through, play through the game, and then at the end, it kind of like it's building up, building up, and it's kind of, and then at like at the end, you have to kind of show that you've what you've learned and kind of you know do it type of thing. Uh-huh. It's like it throws all that at at you, and now you're doing it. You have to do it. You have to get through the level or maybe the final boss whatever we are experiencing that now at the end of part two yes and that's where it's confusing because like there's three acts and at the end of act two it feels like we're getting towards the end but then they're also introducing new game mechanics oh like the lights like the stealth yeah that's bad I, you were amused by the stealth. Because it was so bad. <laughs> you're like in these rooms with these guys and you walk up and your partner that's with Rio, Ren, he like waits for the fluorescent lights to flicker and then runs by. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not right. And I don't know if it's because it's emulating a Dreamcast game incorrectly or what the fuck is happening. But like... Half the time he's running, he's in the light directly, and they don't see him. And the same thing happens when you run through. But sometimes they do catch you. But, like, the lights also don't flicker normally. Like, they flicker twice, and then they turn off for a a split second, and then come back on. And it just doesn't feel good. No. But then the... The failure doesn't matter at all because then you just fight the guys. And other than one weird instance, they were really easy. Mm Mm-hmm. So like, why even have... Why? Why have that? But, like, we're, you're, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Oh, yes. We need to go floor by floor. No. 
But no, you go into this building, <laughs> and you're like, I have to get to floor 17. Uh-huh. And it's this whole convoluted process of getting to, like, the stairs to get to the next level. Yeah, because the elevators are all closed and can't go to certain floors right. or they, are blocked off. Right. So, so you're, you're just stuck on the first floor, and you're like, am I going to have to go on each floor because it's is it floor 18 or 17 it's I don't know. 17 that we need to get to i believe and the answer is yes you have, have to, to go, go floor by floor floor by floor mm-hmm. and each floor has its own like game mechanic so sometimes you fight sometimes you have to use stealth uh, one of the floors you had to do quick time events another one of the floors you had to do like the weird quick time events where it's like left right a or whatever yeah it, it, it's just it's not fun no, it's not. And I probably played for over an hour, and I'm only on floor 12. Yeah, but we skipped a floor. We skipped a couple floors. And it still took that long? Yeah, but we're almost done. I mean, we'll probably finish at least that section on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And now I'm curious of like what the rest of the game is going to be. I, I know, know what it is. I, you, you, you say it's just walking. You just walk up a mountain to a village. That's it. I, that's the third part. I can't. That can't that's, be it. That's, that's all it, it is. It Yo, get be. ready. It can't the, be. The third part of Shenmue 2, spoilers for everyone, is you walk up a mountain to get to a town, and then it is over. No. Yes. No. 100%. 100%. Maybe you fight someone at the end, but you that is it. No. You just walk and listen to old men talk and stuff. Are you by yourself? Uh, for most of it, yeah, but then you meet that weird hawk girl. Mm. Oh, I got in my email today the backer survey for Shenmue 3. They wanted to make sure that I wanted it for PS4. And you said no. I said, I do. Continue to send it to me. I live in America. Thank you. And they said, cool, we got you. And they said, please, and you said, please just keep it. Send it to our Antarctica for me. Well, they give, it's just a code. It's a digital only. I didn't buy a physical copy oh, of Shenmue. That, that shit's, that's... shit's weak. <laughs> We're going to have to send the code to Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I, so Shenmue 2 is yeah, funny, yeah, yeah. though. It's funny when you're not playing. Yeah, I was getting really frustrated last time when I found out that we had to go do a bunch of fucking street fights and make a bunch of money after that oh yeah you had to do all that convoluted stuff and then you went into that one room and he's like it's really dark in here i can't see oh my god the game (laughs) actually broke yeah i went into a dark room dark room air quotes (laughs) that i had because i was looking for some dude and He's like, it's so dark, I can't see. And it's like, that's weird, because I can fucking see everything in here. <laughs> There's just like a like, slight dark shade yeah, around Yeah, and he's like, I gotta find the light switch. And so I'm like looking directly at the light switch, and he can't fucking do it. So I look online, and eventually, I saw a bunch of people being like, what the fuck is happening? I can't look at the light switch. The game is broken. Mm-hmm. And so then I reloaded it, and it still wouldn't work, except then it randomly looked at the light switch. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, whatever, dude. I couldn't take... That was fucking crazy. Oh, my favorite part was right before I had we went into that that uh, 
to the floor, all the floors. I had to solve that puzzle of sticking the oh, in- sticking the keys into <laughs> Buddha's face or whatever. But like, you you had to walk around the room and just kind of search everywhere looking for these keys. And half the time, he would find a key. He would pull it out and he would go, "Oh, it's a picture." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so like they were, they were like, like the legendary Chinese beast. So he's right. like, oh, it's a picture of a dragon. It's like, no, it's a key with a dragon on it. What? And it's not even like a picture. It's like no. in the shape of a dragon. No, it's I, just, oh, oh, it's a picture. The fucking the English dub of Shenmue is a, it's a fucking masterpiece. I mean, I'm not gonna blame the voice actor because like, oh, that's he, the script he got. Yeah, 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 but like. <sighs> Oh. oh man it's just it it's which the funniest thing is we didn't even register it he just said it and then like seconds later i was like wait did he just say that's a picture and, and then the second time he said it again and i just burst out laughing yeah he said it every time there's right. a lot of them. yes a lot of the keys so that's yeah it's almost over. We bounced around a lot in that, but we hit all the main points. Yeah, it's Shenmue. almost Shenmue Two is almost over. No, it's not. No, it is. I guarantee it's going to be like three hours of act. Well, yeah, but that's not that long. Of walking. Yeah. That's going to be brutal. It will be brutal, but it it's almost brutal. over. I think there's at least still six to nine hours. I've done no way. I bet you. I no way. I know. <laughs> I, we will definitely be done by the next podcast, almost guaranteed. But that's, that's no, I know that is the amount sessions. of time. I'm just saying, I still think we'll be done on at least the second one. We're not going to be done by Sunday. Well, no, I, because I think there's multiple hours left of the thing we're doing now. Right. I think there's going to be two, three hours of that, and then there's going to be three hours of Act Three. Okay, three hours of Act Three, I'll take. So then, like, I think there's going to be three and three. So okay, six that's hours. That's fine. I'm just saying, I think that the last act is going to be short to sell. I do too. Okay. But I still think it's going to be painfully long. Yeah. It's going to be like that Uncharted uh, three level in the oh, desert. Oh, you're in the desert. And you're just walking for no- for. What feels like hours, but it's only like seven minutes. But this will be actual hours. It will be. Um, so I played the expansion to Monster Hunter World mm-hmm. titled Iceborne. Let me tell you, if... Um... No, you already have it. Oh, okay. If... Um... If this wasn't an expansion, it would be the best game that came out this year. Mm. Hands down. No questions asked. It is Monster Hunter World, but they added the equivalent of what the other games had, the highest rank called G-Rank. You'd Mm -hmm. go low rank, high rank, G-Rank. They renamed it Master Rank now that Monster Hunter's big in the West and people don't understand G-Rank. And it is just, they added a bunch of new monsters. Uh, It's way harder. It is a masterpiece. It. I listened to you guys play it. Yeah, it was fun. Well, mm-hmm. that was that was we were playing with Justin, so we we're playing old times right, and stuff. Right. But I mean, like that that is a big part of Monster Hunter. It's like play, like were you playing those old bosses to get yeah. more materials, so then you can kind of those materials are grind. meaningless to me now because mm. they're not master rank materials. Mm. Sad. But they added a bunch of stuff where you get rewards for helping lower rank players, mm-hmm. so that's cool. 
Um, there are actually two systems that they added to Monster Hunter World Iceborne that are also implemented in Borderlands, and it just makes them seem so sad in comparison to Borderlands. So now you can get cosmetic, like, trinkets to put on your weapons that are like kind of like keychains that have like cool symbols on them mm. and you unlock them by doing like really difficult tasks or like completing all of the quests from a certain rank things like that and you get them and they're like pretty cool and they show up pretty big on your weapon you unlock the trinkets for your guns in borderlands that are like you would need a fucking microscope to see and they are just given out at random with no like real meaning at all some sometimes like from a quest or whatever but they just seem so small and insignificant and they also you had your own room that you could put creatures into in the original monster hunter world there is a new house in the new area where you can put creatures in again but also you can customize every aspect of the house there are like hundreds and hundreds of pieces of furniture and like wallpaper and carpet and stuff like that mm -hmm. and so it's just like ridiculously elaborate for no reason like it's just like oh you can collect the stuff and it's like kind of fun and i do agree in the next update that comes out on october 10th you can invite people in there okay. to show them your rare catches and like show them the stuff you've unlocked in borderlands you have a room that has four hooks on it and you can put stuff on those four hooks <laughs> what do you put on the hooks uh i put a neon sign and a giant three Hmm. None of it's really cool, and it doesn't actually add any personality to your room. It was, like, the most bare minimum effort thing ever. So, like, having come right off Monster Hunter, I was like, what's happening? Hmm. Like, this just seems like so right. much more of a fleshed-out system. Um, they did a lot of balance changing for it. So, uh, a lot of the monsters have more health now, because a lot of the exploits people had found for Monster Hunter World were killing the monsters in, like four minutes which is like not what monster hunter is about so you know uh they did some health changes the master rank monsters take way way more to to kill but i mean i, I that's part of what i enjoy about monster hunter is learning the patterns and figuring it out i've played a lot of it solo because uh the person i normally play with just hasn't been around very much recently mm -hmm. Um, but I've also been enjoying it solo because the monsters are easier solo. <clears throat> mm -hmm. It's actually cool because in previous Monster Hunter games, uh, the equivalent of Master Rank was only available in multiplayer. Oh. So if you wanted to do it solo, it was still scaled for four people, so you had to be like really good. That's... Yeah, this is the first time where it actually will scale to single player difficulty so like i can actually do it by myself if i want to as opposed to going out with exclusively randos yeah that sucks because like if you don't have four friends that are playing like you're just like yeah. i guess i won't play this i mean you could match you could uh match make but was that good only, on in the, the only in the switch version and monster hunter 4 monster hunter 3 didn't even have online right so like you couldn't do That's that they'd have asking. to be local for yeah, the yeah. earlier ones yeah so it's, it's tough but i really like it i mean there's not that much more to say they added some new mechanics like the clutch claw where you can like grapple hook onto monsters and mm -hmm. weaken them in really cool ways you can make them smash into walls and fall down uh the new ice map is super dope all of the returning monsters were like some of my favorite monsters in the entire franchise literally my favorite monster the Barioth, returned and i did that fight and it's super cool um, and I've played for 40 hours, and I am not even a third of the way through the content. That was what I was going to ask, because, like, 
the the base game was like 70 hours uh and i played it my my play clock was at 140 when i went back to it my mm-hmm. play clock is at like 180 now 80 something jesus so Which I, I mean, like I played the game, and then when I saw credits, I pretty much stopped. Yeah, I did not. You kept going, and Nugio played even more than that. He was over twice my hunter rank, which would take a fucking crazy amount of gameplay. So he, but he also started to learn how to play a bunch of different weapons. So he mm-hmm. like uses a different weapon on every hunt, oh. where like I'm just using the right. greatsword every time. Uh, he also has not built master rank armor because he's just a way better player than I am. So he, when he is playing, he is actually playing, whereas I just tank a lot of hits like a jackass because mm-hmm. I have decent armor and I don't care. Right. But People go hard in Monster Hunter. You don't say. Yeah. And what sucks is that it doesn't come out for PC until January. Right. So people are missing out on that on PC. But one of the things I think is cool is the performance in Monster Hunter World was like pretty good before. Right. They somehow improved it. Hmm. I have never once seen it drop below 60 frames a second. Hmm. And I'm also playing on the performance mode on the Pro, right. but before it used to dip sometimes. Right. Not one time has it ever fucked up even a little bit. See, that's one of the frustrating things about... Like, you play these games like Borderlands and Control, and it's like, man, this is, like, almost unplayable. But then you play these, like... Well, that's the... what I think is crazy, is, like, Iceborne looks way better than Borderlands does yes, graphically, yes. and there's so much more going on. Right. And it runs flawlessly. Right, right. And so you're like, what happened? Like, what yeah, I mean, yeah. different engines, different teams, different right. things happen, but the fact that Monster Hunter World already looks like it's pushing the PS4 to its limits, mm-hmm. and the fact that they can then just be like, oh, well, we improved the performance, even right. though there's more to it now, it's like, wh- how? Right, because like... I, Magic? I... I like Horizon Zero Dawn, like you didn't. It really looks like ridiculous. That yeah, and like those have like big monsters and, and that crazy stuff happening. Super yes. well, which that's just an exclusive. It was made for that console, so they were this. If like Borderlands, they probably made it for PC, and then just like oh, we'll figure out how to like get it to play decent. But like, yeah. so like these companies can do it. They just yeah. they just don't. And they just, so many quality of life things were added mm. to Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Like, so, so much right. more content. Like, if you bought Iceborne and started playing from the beginning, that's like a minimum of 200 hours of content if you want to complete it all. Right. And that's absurd. That, it's and that's if you want to do the bare minimum of it. That's overwhelming. Like, it, and that, yeah. you could do that now for 60 bucks, mm-hmm. and like, that is a fucking value proposition. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might not be for you, but if, mm-hmm. it, if you try it and you like it like that's insane right and super cool like monster hunter world is probably one of my favorite games of like the past genera like the ps4 generation just because i loved monster hunter so much before and they made it so much better and accessible to more people this is just crazy mm-hmm. they took away a lot of the goofy stuff that monster hunter had before the more just like weird dumb fun stuff like the cats and the cooking. yeah like some of the stuff but like just like dumb joke weapons and things. Oh, okay. Uh, they're bringing a lot of that back in Iceborne. So like, I have a great sword that is literally a frozen swordfish. Mm. That's tight. Right. That's so good. And they're bringing a lot of that stuff back. They're doing more event quests. It's just like, it is the one of the best expansions to a video game I think I've ever played. Well, and and they're doing like at TGS they announced that. The first new DLC monster mm-hmm. comes out on October 10th, 
which is ridiculously soon. It's like twenty days or yeah, twenty days away, and it is a monster that super tons of people requested. In November, they are adding uh, Horizon Zero Dawn armor set to the PS4 version. It's mm-hmm. from the, the expansion, whatever it's called, uh, the snow one. Oh yeah, I can't even remember. Yeah, but this, so they're adding a, another Aloy costume type thing, mm-hmm. but that's only for PS4. It's kind of a bummer for people who are playing on Xbox. Uh, and then in December, they're adding another new monster and a bunch of content that they mm-hmm. have not said anything about yet. Next year is the 20th anniversary of Monster Hunter, and so they're adding at least three more monsters next year, but probably will do a bunch more. Like, it's an illegal amount of content that they keep adding to, even though they don't have to anymore. Like, before a lot of the DLC were monsters that shared skeletons with one that were already in the game, so it's a lot easier once they have the animation model to do. The first new monster, the Rajang, is not like any other monster in the game at all. So it's just like, they just made this from scratch. Right. And I'm pretty sure that the second monster will be the same. It's just, it's, it's illegal. Mm. They made the end game better. It's just, oh, it's so fucking good. I do think it's kind of telling of this year that you and I, our favorite, like, game experiences... <laughs> Are expansions? Yeah. That's a bit of a bummer. I, I don't know. This is really good, though. Well, well I, I, this, it, uh, it, yeah. I can't say too much, because, like, the expansion was the Lego for... Which is cool. Which, I mean, Forza was my favorite game of last year, so, like, an expansion I, from yeah. my favorite game, like, it, it... Of course, but, like, it is kind of a bummer. But I do think way. that... You're right. DJ Max Respect was my favorite game last mm-hmm. year. The second most fun I've had this year is playing DJ Max Respect DLC. Right. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> It's, yeah, I think it's just like we had two amazing years back to back. Yeah, and it's it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I do think that soon there will be a bunch of games that I do like a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'm gonna like Pokemon a lot. Are you getting Zelda? I do. I have it. Okay, I will like that as well. But that's like that one's weird because I know I'll like it because it is almost an identical recreation of Link's Awakening. I guess they did some like quality of life things where you they have did. to go into menus and stuff. Well, because now there's four buttons, right? Whereas there's only two on a mm. Game Boy, um, and they added the weird like, build your own dungeon mode that I guess yeah, isn't very good. Yeah. But I well, the don't build care. your own dungeon like that you can't even share it. You have to like. <laughs> It's a bizarre thing where you have to like let other people then play it on your system. They didn't. Whatever. I. I mean, I already know I like Link's Awakening, so I can't be like you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And it's not. I. It's a new game, but not really. It's a fucking came out. Nineteen ninety three, I think. So it it gets into tricky territory, like like Doom twenty sixteen. Is that a new game or is that a remake or re whatever? Doom twenty sixteen was a new game. Yes, this is not. It was yes that that, this is much more just like a remaster or remake or however whatever you want to call it. But like it looks a lot better. It does, yeah. All right, so Monster Hunter is sick. Mm -hmm. You played Gears Five. I did. I always want to say Gears of War five, it, which it is, but it is not. Uh, yes. It is not Gears five. Yes, they uh, they decided to drop the of War because they wanted to turn Gears into like more of a, just a franchise. Franchise Gears, yeah. Where like they have Gears Pop, and then they have that Gears Tactics, and now they have Gears the main line. So that's yeah. why they dropped the of War. Which I mean, like it's just easier to say like gears and it's just one word and you know exactly what people yeah, are talking yeah, yeah. about so it makes sense it does are you oof, i have a lot to say about this one <laughs> okay <clears throat> so okay wait my first question yes. is does it play like gears of war 
Yes. Okay. Great. That's where I was going to start. Okay. <laughs> I, like, is it so? Is the gameplay more or less the same? Yes. Like the the shooty bits. Yes, the okay. shooty. But there there are, there is like the gameplay itself. The core gameplay. You get behind cover. You, you, you shoot from behind. You cover. shoot from behind cover. It feels good. It plays well. Yeah. As but there is one big change to that, and that is Jack the robot. Who, oh, that drone thing that was following yes. you around? Okay. That is something that was in the first game, but that was kind of like Baird's buddy, and it just kind of yeah. opened up doors. This actually gives, like, gameplay-changing elements to it. Okay. <clears throat> so you can use it to say, like, hey, Jack, give me a boost in health, so if you're low in health, you can kind of boost yourself. Or you can have, if enemies are hi- hiding behind cover, you can tell them to flash an enemy... And then the enemy like will be stunned, and then you they'll pop out of cover, and you can shoot them. The you can have it set up uh, like traps on the ground that will electrocute enemies. So then there are these enemies juvies that just come sprinting at you. So then like if you can kind of funnel them in, into coming one way, you can then have that set down, and then they'll just run over the trap, and then they'll die. Okay. So so and that is some those are abilities that you can upgrade throughout the game. Mm. So you just uh so when you're walking around areas where you would normally just find meaningless collectibles, now you find these skill points that you can then dump into Jack and improve all of these different abilities. So it it for the first time in Gears I'm actually like exploring a lot more. Yeah, but it's also like part of its open world now too. Right? I'm not there yet. Oh, okay. So I, because like in Act One and Four, it is like very much just like standard gears. Okay. I know you you played one a couple times, but yeah. I don't think you ever finished it. I finished the first one okay. once with a co-op when okay. it first came out, but yeah, I never played Gears Two or Three. Yeah, or four. Well, yeah. yeah. So like, it's it's all pretty much narrow corridors. Yeah. And then like you can branch off a little bit and kind of like find these collectibles, as I said. Yeah. But now you can actually like you're actually finding helpful things that help you in the game. So I'm encouraged to kind of go around and collect these things. So I appreciated like I, that that did like bring something very different and new to the gears formula. And I guess now you can only play three-player co-op. Okay, that's kind of weird. Well, because in Act 2 you only have the two players, or the, you only have uh, Kate and Del. Okay. And then the third person would be playing Jack. Okay. So, which Jack does have, like, an attack as well that he can... That one you don't have to tell him to do anything, and he just kind of does it. Okay. Um, so, but now I kind of want to move into how each act is set up, because I think... Because it... Each act is very, very different, and it's kind of weird. Yeah. Act one, if you remember from, like, all the marketing, Kate is the new... Main character. Right. Yeah. But that is not the case in act one. Okay. You play as JD. Okay. Yeah, that that really surprised me. That's weird. Yes. So, like, you're playing as JD, and then Del is your, your partner, and then... Jack is just kind of like hanging out around with you. So that is just very much more Gears of War 4. That okay. just feels like Gears of War 4. Yeah. And then if you remember in the trailers, JD, uh, he he's bald and he's got like the thing on his arm mm-hmm. that was shown at the E3. Yeah, where it's yeah. like his arm is messed up and like you find out what happened there at the end of Act 1. Mm-hmm. And then when you kind of... 
which I'm not going to go into and spoil what yeah, happened, yeah. but it was basically his own his own hubris. He kind of got a little cocky and went overboard. Okay. And then and then at that point he really kind of changed and started acting much more serious where before he was kind of like Nathan Drake, but yeah, yeah. like a little lamer Nathan Drake, not, <laughs> not as funny, okay. just not as fleshed out, like yeah. kind of like Nathan Drake from Uncharted 1. We have the context of... Of the owl, the uh, Right, yeah. right, where that was just like the one. But now he just kind of became very, very serious, which you can, if you remember that trailer at all, he was very serious. But then in Act 2, that's when you, it switches to Kate, and it's kind of like a three months lap, uh, you know, three months later, and now you're just kind of Kate and Dell. You guys have branched off from them, and you're doing your own thing. And that is when the open world kind of happens. Okay. Uh, and the first one, it's not great, but I, I kind of liked it because as you're kind of going from area to area in the open world, you're getting little tiny... It's like drip fed to you these little secrets and like unraveling like Kate's history and Kate's story, which it's all pretty much predictable. But at least it's giving you something to keep you going, and it's kind of interesting. And then at the end, you're like you kind of get everything, which is really surprising. I was kind of expecting the end of Gears Four had a big like a cliffhanger. I expected the pretty much to get all those answers at the end of Gears Five, but you get that at the end of Act Two. Okay. Which there's four acts. Yeah, yeah. So, like, at the end of Act 2, there's all this momentum. Even though it was open world and you're bouncing around a lot, and it took a little while, but, like, it had this momentum to the story and the narrative. It moves into Act 3, and then you're in another open world. Okay. But this one just feels so empty. Okay. And nothing happens. Cool, great. That's what I love to hear. Yes. So, like, if I had to describe the pacing, I would say the Act 1's pacing was, like, a 4 out of 5. Yeah. Act 2 was a 3 out of 5. Yeah. Act 3, a 1 out of 5. Okay, great. Yes. It's good pacing. Yes. Uh-huh. So, like, that was just a slog. But then the one thing that kind of happens is JD comes back. And then he's trying to be, like, his old self again. So there is a little bit of, like, character development with JD. But, like, Mm -hmm. it does not help the, like, three hours of slog in that act. Yeah. But then Act 4 happens. And then it's just, like, bombastic crazy. Okay. Five out of five pacing. Okay. I told you about that uh, decision you have to make. Yeah, you told me there's a Um, crazy decision. Yes. Um... But, like, which you kind of saw some of the gameplay of yeah. Act 4, and, like, it was crazy, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I did I did enjoy that. Okay. So, um, altogether, I, it's hard to really say. Like, I like the game. I think it's a good game. I think the pacing issues definitely did bring it down. It also had some issues with, like, performance. Oh, really? And I think part of that is... They had a lot more people playing than they anticipated. Like, this past, on, like, Xboxes, and this was the first time that anything was being played more than Fortnite on Xbox. Okay. Like, it had, like, it was just, like... I mean, that makes sense, though, because... They've been pushing the Game Pass Yeah, it was so on much. Game Pass. <laughs> and they've been pushing it, like, where it's, like, $2 for two months. Yeah. Uh, so it makes sense that, but like I think they 
they didn't anticipate the servers to be as overloaded as they were at the start. Mm-hmm. And then also, weirdly, the um, the campaign was on the servers as well. Oh, okay. So then, like, the campaign was having issues to the point where, like, one of the chapters I had to replay because it just didn't save that <laughs> I did the chapter. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yes. And then, it, like, the first weekend, like, you were picking up collectibles, and it wasn't saying, like, it'd be, like, collectible found, but then you click your menu, and it'd be, like, zero out of 30 collectibles found, so it was not registering collectibles being found. Nice. So, people were kind of upset about that, because they take achievements very seriously. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the, the whole, like, checkpointing system was apparently a common issue, which I'm not going to complain too much because the one chapter that I had to replay was like a non-combat chapter. Oh. So I was just kind of like walking around the town. <laughs> okay. But like that also kind of sucked because I really kind of explored everything and found all these like collectibles, especially the skill points. So then I had to try to remember where I got all the skill points because I was not going to spend another like 20 minutes just walking around this town again. So that is that was one thing, but like... After that first weekend, the the performance was fine. Yeah, I mean, that's usually how it goes. Yes, yes, which, I, it, it, it's just one of those things where, like, yeah, online games that first weekend usually are pretty rough. Yeah, but the campaign shouldn't, the single-player campaign shouldn't be apparently tied pe- to that. Apparently people were just logging offline, and then, like, it was fine. Oh, yeah, I mean, that would make sense. Right. But- so, like, you didn't have to be online, because, like, some games do that, where it's, they like, do, you have to yeah, be online. Have to be. But, like, I, the way I play games, I would sit down for an hour, play through it, and then take a break and come back. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. It, I, I will say with the final decision, part of me wants to replay the game again. To see what the other side is like. Yes. And then also I want to see how... Well, like, I, see, this is where... I can't really talk about it too much yeah. without spoiling, but, like, it has me really excited for Gear 6 and we'll, the direction because they have three options they can go. And we won't know until, you know, three years from now. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. I mean, that's what yeah, that's, happens. That's how, it, that's how it goes in video games. Yeah, like, I feel like some games do a great job of, like, telling a story and not really having, like, these major cliffhangers. Well, but, like, God of War told a major story, and then it had a pretty big, like, mm. tease for the next thing as well. So. But at the same time, you felt satisfied... I wanted to see that right then. I, I, but like, so I, you can ignore that part and still be satisfied with the I entire guess. story. Yeah, yeah. Where this is like, it's all tied together. Well, but it thing. had meant it was meant to be mm-hmm. a trilogy. Like it was yes. written that way from the beginning. So right. Like, and also like narratively, like it didn't like it really picked up in Act Two and then it slowed down. It's 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 a weird game. I have to really kind of think about where I would. Uh, how I feel about it, I can recognize it's a good game. I don't, yeah. I don't think it's a great game, and I don't think I think Gears Four was Gears of War Four was a better game. Interesting, cool. Just because of the open world segments were pretty rough. Hey, they tried something. They tried something, and new. it didn't necessarily work out probably to the as well as it could have. But yeah, I, I appreciate any. I appreciate them doing something different. They did a couple different things. I think the Jack, good addition. Open world, I'm sure we won't see that again. No? You think so? No. Okay. Interesting. It, do you remember, like, the Uncharted open world and the Lost yeah. Legacy? 
Yeah. Imagine that like three times bigger. Yeah. Did, did you have a Jeep? You had a, the skiff. Okay. Interesting. Although, I will say with Uncharted, that was a massive pain for the map. If you remember. Because yeah. there was no mini-map, so you had to keep pulling up that map. You did, yeah. Are you ready to talk about kind words? Yeah, so I played... Uh, I, it is a game, but like not really. Is it a mobile game? No, it is on Steam. I've never heard of it. So, it is... Not necessarily a game, but it is more like an app on Steam. Uh, I It was officially came out on the Humble Bundle. If you were a subscriber to the Humble Bundle monthly thing, they had put out a bunch of games that are exclusive to them, and they come out on Steam later. Like, mm-hmm. the one before was a short hike that people really liked, and it came out on Steam with more content. This one is the same. Um, you start, and there is a deer who is a postman, and they say that they have just started, and they want you to help them out, like writing letters and helping people out. And so uh, the world sucks in general, like in real life. And so this is just like a weird positive thing. Uh, you There's like a small 3D room that has a bed and like a little character, but paper airplanes will fly by and when you click it it just has like weird positive messages Mm -hmm. so you can choose to write positive messages just like send positivity or whatever and you just write some like inspirational quote or something and then that'll go out there and other people can receive it as like a a message do they respond to them not that one so there is those ones people just see and they're just weird positive vibes or whatever the one do they does that have any ramifications on the world at all or not really i mean people will just see it i mean maybe in real life the person will feel great about your sick quote oh so you're sending this to other real people yeah oh, so like it would okay. like if you played it it could show up in your game and okay you could see i was thinking like you're sending it to like npcs no no, no so the other one is called read requests and it will be all it's all anonymous and it's people talking about their problems it can only be like 17 lines of text or something so it's usually people being like, uh, these are all real people, so I'm not going to belittle any of it, but it's like, I'm very depressed and like I felt this way for a long time, or like I'm going through uh, divorce, stuff like that. And so you can then respond to that, mm-hmm. and you can give them a sticker, which is like, a, you, there's like a sheet of stickers, and you collect them or whatever. Uh, but you start with one sticker, so you can put that on there. And then if that person will read your thing, or they can read your thing, and they can thank you mm-hmm. by giving you a different sticker, or the same sticker, it doesn't, they, you don't know what sticker it is, but it's basically just trying to, like, spread positivity in general, so, like, you can put out your requests, people will respond to it, and it's just, like, a weird, nice thing. Right. And so when I saw some people stream it, they saw a lot of shitty stuff. That's what I was going to like, ask. Uh, like some of the planes that would come over were bad. The only one that I saw that was bad was one of the airplanes says, who trying to fuck right now? And like, that's not that bad, no, but no. it's not in the spirit of the thing. Yes, but yes. like, I saw some pretty fucking bad ones. Like people talking about how they were, you know, contemplating suicide and stuff and mm-hmm. just the worst responses or whatever. Um, 
but it, it gen- in general, the moderation is very good. I didn't see any negative things, and all of the responses I got, I did, like, three requests just to see, like, how it worked, and all of them were very positive, the responses I got. Mm-hmm. One of them actually it will not stop getting responses, which I didn't think that that many people would respond to it, but, mm. like, it is getting... I can't even read them all anymore. I'm getting oh, so boy. many responses to it. So it's just... It's a cool It's a cool thing. It's not really a game, right. but uh, I have... Done it probably like 20, 30 minutes for the past week each day just to like look at it and see and send out positivity or whatever. Do you feel better? I do feel better in general. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like, do you think this goes through some program that gets vetted? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Okay. Because like, I feel like that could. uh, It could go very badly. Yes. Yes. And so like, they've updated it recently where like now there are links to like mental health health things Mm -hmm. all over it and things like that. And like, uh, after they teach you how to make the request, they say, like, but really, though, you're not alone. Like, if mm. you do need serious help, like, these are the places you can go to get real help and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I've responded to a bunch of people. It's just kind of fun going through them and seeing, like, oh, I could respond to this one. Like, I have experience with that or whatever. Um, and at first, it seemed, I thought it was going to be just, like, a bunch of, like, younger, like, high school kids or something being like, oh, I can't deal with my parents and stuff. But there's, like literally any issue you can think of is in there like people being sexually harassed at their jobs and like i one of them was like from some 50 year old man asking like i'm afraid i don't have any more hobbies left like i don't find enjoyment in anything do you guys recommend anything for me that would be cool like stuff like that right some of them aren't like dire they're just like hey could you answer Mm. this question or whatever it's like just weird and so the full title is actually kind words lo-fi hip-hop beats to write to which like i don't know lo-fi hip-hop youtube Mm -hmm. channels are like very popular and so each day you log on the deer is like yo check out my sick lo-fi hip-hop playlist and gives you a new song that you can then use in the playlist and Mm -hmm. play any other day but you get a new song every day i haven't run out of new songs yet Mm -hmm. they're all really weird and chill and it's just a cool experience, and, like, it's interesting that it's just, like, a positive thing for, right. for people to go to. I don't know that it'll stay, like, active forever or if it'll fall off eventually, but I receive a lot of responses to the stuff I write, and people generally, you know people read something you said because it said they thanked you with whatever, mm-hmm. and I get a lot of those, too. So yeah. I don't know if it's something that he's going to add to more over time, but it is just, like, an interesting, nice thing to, right. to go through. Hmm. Yeah. That is uh, very different. Yeah, it's like five bucks on Steam. So hmm. if you need some positivity, it's a, it's a cool thing. We all need a little positivity. Uh, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> it's just nice to see so many different people being right. like actually positive right. about stuff. I think it makes you realize that the world isn't as shitty. It's not as shitty as it seems at all the, all, all the time. It's just yeah. a very vocal, shitty minority yeah, usually. Yeah. And then like people are, normal people are just like, I can't deal with this on a daily basis. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, I've Mm -hmm. I've received some responses to one of the ones I put out that are, like, not necessarily positive, but they're more, like, just the truth. Right. And it's not, like, it's just the, not, like, they're not trying to be helpful. It's Mm -hmm. just not, maybe not the way that I would have said things or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that happens. Right. People don't necessarily think the same way as you or do. Right. And sometimes being a little more blunt is. Sometimes it works, yeah. Yeah. So, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. 
Uh, and you finished Plague Tale Innocence. I did. And if you remember last uh, last episode, I thought there was like something mentally going on with the, the little boy. As it turns out, it was a little more supernatural. Oh, so that bummer. was yeah, that was a little disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, overall, it was an interesting story. It you know, you're just kind of trying to survive as these two kids. Um, the stealth it does get much more interesting to the point where like the final level was just basically just trying to solve these puzzle areas <laughs> where. You, it is all stealth, but you're like, I, I gotta try to take this guy out because you have all these different. You get all these tools by the end of the game, where like you have a slingshot and you can hit guys in the head and take them out. Yeah. But if they're wearing a helmet, you can't do that. So then you need to use a tool to hit them in the head, which then they will take off their helmet. Then you can hit them in the head with a rock. Uh, but then there are these enemies that you can't even do that, and you have to do something else. So then these final areas in the final level, you'll have like five, six, seven enemies and you've got to try to like solve the puzzle, quote unquote, of trying to figure out how to get through the area. And it does feel like you have all these different tools that you and I could have very different uh, ways we even make it through the area. Okay. So I, I think that that does make it very interesting. I, I I appreciate puzzles where it's not just one solution. And yeah, then, and you can solve it multiple ways. Right. So then, I I kind of by the end, I realized that the inventory like I had been hoarding for most of the game. Mm-hmm. So then I just kind of was like brute forcing my way through the areas a little bit more. Yeah. Rather than kind of finessing. <laughs> I gotcha. But like the game allowed. To, yeah. Gave yeah. You the so tools, it's so like it's not like I was breaking the game or anything and i definitely was getting caught a lot and having to it was a trial and error try different things but i eventually was able to brute force my way through the areas and then the final boss was kind of disappointing because like it it did like it gave you all these tools and it allowed you to kind of solve these areas as how you wanted to but then the final boss was kind of this new game mechanic that didn't quite work and Mm. Some it it makes you appreciate um, the Last of Us, where they boldly said like we're not gonna have a final boss. Yeah, and like not every game has to have a final boss. No, it doesn't. Um, oh boy, the ending of the Last of Us. Not gonna think about that. No, no, but like <sighs> that's rough. It is, but like it it's a bold decision, and I think <laughs> no, you... it was. I'm just the end of that plot. Is yes, a yes, boy. <laughs> We'll get there. <laughs> uh, yeah, but did, did you like it overall? Like, to tell a good story, you think? Because, yeah, I, I think, mean, that's the whole thing of it, yes, right? Yes, yeah. it, it's like it's a well-made stealth game. It's, you know, as I said, it, it, it started to feel more and more like a puzzle game as you kind of played through it, which I think is a good sign, and I enjoyed the story. I would definitely say it's a, it's a good game. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And do you think we have time to do a part three? Uh, I don't think so. Not this time. Because, I mean, I don't want to talk about it for like six-ish minutes or whatever. Right. So, So, I mean, we... That's a good solid episode for us. Uh, Yeah, it is. So, I am afraid that I am not going to beat another game this year. I feel like I'm sliding backwards. I didn't beat Astral Chain. I didn't beat Monster Hunter or Iceborne yet, and I mm-hmm. probably won't forever. I didn't beat Borderlands 3 yet. Well, you're still mate. Link's right? Awakening came out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to buy Untitled Goose Game, but I feel like I shouldn't until all that stuff happens. 
an adventure game about a girl detective just came, or is coming out next week, and I wanted to get that too, but then I don't think I can get that. I pre-ordered the fucking John Wick game forever ago, and they didn't say anything about it until they were like, surprise, it comes out October 8th, so now I'm going to have to play the fucking John Wick game in a week. Uh, it's Indivisible comes out that same day. I'm, I'm going to die. Is my I'm gonna die. You also haven't played Control. I haven't played Control, but I didn't buy it, so I don't have to count that as things that I paid for this year that I did not complete. I could give it to you just to like no. Overwhelm I didn't. You. I did. I would become instantly overwhelmed. <laughs> like today, I I didn't really play anything other than mm. Borderlands for like an hour because I was like, I don't know which one of these things I should actually play. Like I'm over halfway through Astral Chain, and I can definitely beat it at some point, but like. I didn't want to start Link's Awakening yet, and then like I Borderlands know. seems like a game that you can hop in an hour. I I can, and stuff. I can pro- I I don't understand how long Borderlands is because I know two people who have beaten it now, mm-hmm. but S- Scott is a fucking enigma. Yeah, like you can't literally. There it was Wednesday. We were playing together, and he was only like an hour ahead of me. And then the next night, he texted me. I was like, "Yeah, I beat it." And I was like, "What?" You worked! <laughs> what happened? How? When? What? What? And so he's still playing it a lot, so I don't know. I, I am not aware. Like, I'm on the fourth planet. I don't know if there's, like, three or four more planets or whatever. But I'm afraid that I'm going to... I I was originally... There might have been one game I bought this year that I didn't beat, and it was going to be Tales of Vesperia, even mm-hmm. though I'm, like, right near the final boss. 20, but, like, I'm... But I'm completing it, so like that's uh, oh my god. I'm do I'm doing every area of Borderlands as I go through it with all the side quests and all the collectibles. So probably forty five. Yeah, that's it. It's just doubles in length. It's fine. I've already played Monster Hunter for forty hours and I'm not even like a quarter of the way through the new content, so like mm-hmm. that's horrifying. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm doing that with Origins. I, I didn't talk about it, but yeah. like, there's not anything to really say. No, it's but... Assassin's Creed. You run around and do stuff. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm going to have, like, 17 games, especially mm-hmm. because, like, six games come out when I'm in Japan in October, and that'll be on top of all the games that I for sure didn't play for two weeks because I was in Japan. So it's going to get rough for me. I feel like I'm in the exact opposite situation. Yeah, I don't have... Because, like, I have uh, Assassin's Creed, and I want to get uh, Zelda, but my uncle's Switch is having that joy-con drift issue. oh nice so then i had to contact nintendo on monday i finally heard back from um thursday uh-huh. so i sent that in for my uncle but then he was having my cousin so then i was like yeah you guys can have my joy cons <laughs> okay so then like i don't have joy cons to play zelda so i'm nice. like i'll just wait a couple weeks i don't really well care. you could play it with a ps4 controller i could but like yeah i, I that seems like something i, I probably just want to hang out on my couch and just kind of like play that's in true. handheld so and like i'm not playing anything so i just have origins <laughs> that i'm just kind of playing through right now which is another reason why i think i might just play gears again so why why the fuck is every video game that comes out now like they're not just a game that you like play and then it's done mm-hmm. i feel like every video game now is trying to become a hobby in itself right 
Like, Monster Hunter already was yeah. insane on its own, but now it's even crazier. And, like, Borderlands wants to put out content, like, every week. Like, it's mm. never just, like... Everything is trying to be the forever game now. Which, I mean, even me Gears nuts. is that way with all the multiplayer stuff. Yeah. I just don't care about it. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm, Zelda's I'm, not going to be that way. No. I'm being buried under Well, actually, that's of, not true. They want you to just keep making I'm dungeons. I'm not going to fucking make a single dungeon. I am being buried in video games, is what I'm saying. And I'm scared that I'm going to be buried alive. Oh, it'll, just let it happen. Yeah, we'll see how it pans out. With that, that'll do it for the podcast, I think. Maybe just send out some feelers on uh, Let's Talk or whatever that show is. Oh, yeah, I will. I will, kind words. I'll be like, hey, what one do you think I should complete, everyone? Help! I want to play too many video games. (laughs) What should I do? And people on Steam will know that feel. Mm, So it'll be... There'll be some good responses. Yeah, they'll be like, I bought 100 games on Steam sales. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you guys for listening. We will be back in two weeks. As always, the theme song, Sting Operation by the Manda Anamanaguchi, a dope chiptune band. Check them out, and we will catch you guys in two weeks. Peace.